I once got some Raisin Bran, and I think it was like a store brand Raisin Bran. I hate that we're not putting this on the air. Hey, I heard it through the grapevine. This is episode 549 of Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi, I'm Ian Boothby. Do, 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 do. Dave uh, yeah. and I were talking about Raisin Bran. We yeah, were. we're both a little uh, backed up. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Raisin Bran, and Dave uh, said he likes Raisin Bran. I do. Uh, and I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, uh, p- post-Raisin Bran, he thought only Kellogg's Raisin Bran existed. I went, no, of course not. No, no, no. no. What, I, okay. what was the story? I don't know what it was, no. I oh. think I... Hmm. I think I. You seem all over the map. I think this. I was confused at Kellogg's, and then I remembered that it was Kellogg's was the two scoops of raisin. That's right. That's right. Two scoops of raisins in Kellogg's raisin bran. Yeah. Okay. And talking about cereals is really on brand for us right now. <laughs> so we looked up like some uh, some old uh, commercials, uh, forgetting that post raisin bran, of course, had the California raisins okay. as their mascots That's in the eighties. Uh, and then uh, we also looked way back and and found out that uh, uh, post raisin bran used to have. Uh, Maisie the Raisin and Jake the Flake, and they uh, as, as spokespersons. Yeah, and yeah. they would sing a little song about something that happened with an athlete who was having some problems, and then he had some raisin bran, and things worked out for him. Dabo, things worked out for him. I made it a little classier at the end than it was. Um, it was not a great song. It wasn't a great song, and even the guy, the guy who sang it. Jake the Flake. I don't think his voice was that good. No, that was, was fine. There was a good ad, and I've sent it to Dave. Maybe he'll put it up. Maybe he won't. Uh, but it was all these opera singers uh, with raisin written on their shirts in a bowl of cereal singing, uh, and it looked like an editorial cartoon. <laughs> and I don't know for what. I don't know what it was talking about. That's Let's right. say Watergate, uh, because I think that's when it came out, like okay. in the seventies. Sure. Uh, so everyone, go- everyone remembers when raisins protested about Watergate. Yeah. I just think, like, and again, I'm married to an editorial cartoonist who does not do this. Humble break. Uh, but, uh, yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, it always kind of bothers me when uh, there's an editorial cartoon and someone writes what the thing is on the shirt. Yes. That's a, that's a sure sign of a good, a good editorial cartoonist. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, confused, m- confused minority. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Is there a way of showing that to me, maybe, in cartoon form, since we're here right now? All right. Maybe not. Fair enough. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Outraged voters. <laughs> then an arrow pointing towards ignorance. That's All right. right. And it's a monster. Is it ignorance? Is Meanwhile, a there's a little fat cat dancing, holding bags of money <laughs> on the steps of, uh, you know, uh, Congress. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I get it. It's, I get it. Sure. That means I should never vote. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. No. When I was a, when I was a kid, I liked to read editorial cartoons. I never got them, uh, but uh, there was one cartoonist who would hide cats in his drawings, so I really liked that one. So I would. Oh, okay. Try to count the cats. Yeah, that makes for a fun game. Yep. Not just reading about. My wife doesn't do that. She doesn't hide cats or nothing. Mm. Just, just you know, the, the direct statement on the issue of the day. Yeah. In a way that's effective and makes you go, yeah. Yeah, but no hiding cats. It's interesting. Pia caricatures, but not in a not in a big way. If you know what I mean, like it's nope. not a big, broad kind of caricature. It's more. She does more in an interesting kind of like sort of 
all the reality is in in the face of that person, you know. So Trump is just all lines. There's just so many lines and wrinkles, and yeah, you know, and it just kind of it overemphasizes his his personality and his face. Yeah, it's not know? like a it's not like a, a, car- a caricaturist you would see at the park. No, he's not playing soccer. Yeah, <laughs> which is often a well. That'd be weird seeing him do a sport, eh? That wasn't golf. <laughs> a sport where mm. you're not driven around. <laughs> <laughs> the sporting area. I think golf. Aside from, I was going to say, golf is the only sport in which you do that. But the, but then again, racing. Yeah, there's that F11 and NASCAR and those yeah, sort of they, they do drive mm-hmm. around in NASCAR as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, they do. But you know, that's. I don't think he could do that either. Yeah, I, I, if there was one sport, I would definitely say Trump could not do. It'd be soccer because it's so much running so much running it's like it's just like 98% running mm-hmm. and then maybe you get a little kick in there kick. <laughs> yeah it unless is. you're the goalie in which case what would happen is he would be the goalie and then the ball would go past him and it would go in the goal and then he would go <laughs> the ball didn't go by me and he'd go like yeah it's in the goal it's like nope and it's like no it's right there it's in the goal we just all saw it when went in the goal yeah no. No, you're lying. And mysteriously, there'd be another ball in the field to play, like farther up the field. You'd be like, there's the ball over there. Yeah, look at it. What? <laughs> we look around. Then it's like he eats the ball. Like, what? <laughs> he swallowed it like a snake. <laughs> he better come up with a better plan. I don't yeah. know about this eating the ball thing. Yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think it through at all. This, no, he's all. a dummy. What a, what a Trump. Um, as a raisin bran eater, uh, I'm not really a raisin bran eater. I'm a raisin bran, bran eater. I understood. I, I will, t- I will have an all bran sometimes. Ugh. Um, but here's my problem with raisin bran is, yep. uh, and, uh, and again, I've had this problem with raisin bran since I was a child. You tell me how you fix that problem. Okay. Uh, the raisins. Yeah. The raisins, <laughs> because here's the problem with the raisins. Okay. You pour them into the bowl yeah. and the raisins have made their way to the bottom of the box. And so now oh, I never find that. How do you mix up the, so there's a consistent distribution yeah. of raisins. Yeah. No, gravity will take those raisins. No. Low, no, low, no, and low. Never, I never the find that. I, I, I deny that as a reality. No, no, that's not not the case at all. No, and then all I'm getting is nothing but bran. And then, and then when you <laughs> finally get to the bottom of the box, yeah, uh, it's just raisin town. You're just packed <laughs> with raisins. That's what I found. I, you I you don't tell know. me, listeners, am I wrong? Yeah, you're wrong. Or is David uh, living <laughs> in a dream world? <laughs> no, you're wrong. Okay, because it, it 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 doesn't work that way. I don't know. I think that they're. I guess they're equally dense, or there's, it's just not. It's, you think there's equal? It's packed enough. Raisins and a brand, well, I just think it's like, like packed enough that the raisins don't like jostle down or anything. Okay, and uh, you do get a pretty even even coating of, of raisins throughout the whole the thing. Okay. I thought your objection was just like eating raisins. Some people don't like raisins, so I and I can understand if you don't. No, like, no, I think sometimes you, you like need raisins, the raisins and, to choke down the bran flakes. Yeah. Yeah, bran flakes by themselves are just unpleasant. Well, what I do is I, I, I will have the bran, sorry, the all bran buds. I said like I'd have all bran, but I won't do the flakes. Oh, you do I can't, the... do I can't do that. Yeah. But I can take like, when you read the other side of the box, you go like, how much of this do I need to be a human being? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I will eat that amount. Like I can force okay. down whatever amount that is. It's That's not a pleasant curious. experience. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't it's not sound a fun good at all. time. It's not. No. It's not a delicious cereal that you're like mm, <laughs> breakfast. It's yeah, yeah. just like look. I had another birthday, yeah. and I'm gonna need some bran. Yeah, so, things need to get the factory moving. So let's <laughs> get her down. Sure, and, and get her done. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much eat raisin bran every day, every single day. <laughs> Sometimes I vary it, but there's not a lot of cereals that I enjoy anymore. I don't know. I've just gotten tired of them all. I suppose. Mm-hmm. 
And they don't they don't make some of the ones I used to like, it seems, or they don't s- stock them in where I live. So, so yeah, it's me and Raisin Bran. Buddies. Buddies till the end. Apparently people seem to think that uh, they do not mix together. Like they do not fall to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, but I disagree. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know what your experience is. Like I was telling you earlier, like one time I bought a box of Raisin Bran or it was actually a a, a, uh, store brand version of Raisin, knockoff of Raisin Bran. But it felt like at the factory where they put in the two scoops. And I, I assume that's human beings doing it. Because in the commercial, it shows two scoops being poured in. By the sun. By the sun. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if the sun can work in a factory. I think this is Well, that's people. what is it, in the commercial. Oh, the commercial, okay. The sun, that's not. The sun itself takes two scoops. Okay. Both of which that are about as big as the sun itself. Yeah, apparently. Which, you know. This is what if, this is starting to track now. Right. And, then, my experience. and then pours them into the box on yeah. top. Okay. Does not shake the box up then to mix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, at the factory. The guy was about to pour in the, or he had poured in the ra- the raisins. Yeah. And then someone said, hey, Bernie, did you see the game last night? And then he's like, they talked about it for a bit. And then he turned back to the box and he's like, oh my God, did I put in the two scoops? So I better just put in two scoops just to make sure. So he put two more scoops in. Yeah. And then I got that box. That's the uh, box I got. So I got, I got raisin, raisin. I There's thought. very little brand in the I box. I thought you were going to tell me this. Yeah. That uh, that then he went well, and the, the box got sealed up and, and shipped off, and mm-hmm. then it became a contest, and it was like if you can find the box that has no raisins in it, <laughs> then you will mm. win some valuable prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But if you find raisin one, no. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. But why would you want to buy raisin bread in the in the hopes of? I mean, other than the contest, prize. yeah, I guess. But you're going to buy it anyway. I suppose if you're going to make a bad situation like say that happened like someone realized right. after you know like he closed up the box after talking to his friend about the game mm-hmm. and then you realize to his horror that he had forgot to put two scoops into the right, box and he dropped some poison in there and so so then he tells his boss that and his boss is like oh my god well we can't have a box go out into the world and it doesn't have two scoops of, of raisin raisins in this stuff so so then they create a contest mm-hmm. to kind of cover up this error and so everyone's okay with it you know the person who gets it finally whenever it shows up it was probably maybe three years later. Right. It finally, it this finally emerges. This seems like the opposite of the oops, all berries situation with Captain Crunch. Oops, all berries? So, right. oh, I see. This is where, so if you bought a box and it's all the flavored Well, they, to the point where they actually have that now is uh, oops, all berries. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is, oops, we made a mistake and, and didn't put any Captain Crunch in the Captain Crunch. We only put the berries uh, in the Crunch Berries. Mm. So it's oops, all berries. And then uh, people enjoy that. I guess, but did they discontinue it? But does it feel? Doesn't it feel like you're getting too much of a good thing, though? It's discontinued. Because um, it, part of the fun of the berries is that it's a it's a variation of from the from the yeah. There's the Oreo Cap- the cereal, Captain Crunch. So we're past that point of too much <laughs> and balance. It's okay. Once, honestly, once Cookie Crisp was introduced, yeah, and we all went, yeah, and you were like, you're eating chocolate chip cookies. It's fine. Well, then that opens the doors to Oreos. Yeah. And yeah. in Canada, uh, at least at least in Canada, Tim Hortons cereals. Yeah. You know, we've got a birthday cake, which is the sweetest of the donuts. Like, it wasn't enough that it was just like donuts. It was the sweetest of the donuts. Yeah. The birthday cake one, for God's sake. I don't. Oh, okay. Such a such a, a crazy thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a cereal, so it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> I was thinking for you as the eater. I don't care about Me the rest of eater. the culture. Thank you. 
I am glad you're thinking of me as an eater. <laughs> uh, yeah, they come out with it's birthday birthday cake and yeah. uh, chocolate. Those are the two uh, flavors of Tim Bits. Uh, sorry, it's not Tim Hortons. It's Tim Bits. Do, please do not confuse these with Tim Biebs. Yes, which are, are the J, uh, whatever Justin Bieber Bieber yeah. uh, branded ones. Yeah. Ugh. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we letting Why are we letting Justin Bieber touch food? <laughs> then people get to eat. I don't think he had much to do with the actual food. You think he just ca- cashed a check? I think he just cashed a check, indeed, yes. But he attached his name and walked away with All the right. money in his pocket. And what the heck, why not? I'm curious what the Tim Biebs flavors are. You know what I like about Justin Bieber and also that Drake guy? I don't listen to their music. Okay. I like that they still live in Canada. Okay. You know? There's got a few artists that, you know, once they're like big celebrities... They like they leave Canada and they go live in the United States or play place where it's convenient for them. Sure, and I understand why. Like you know, you want to be in the the center of these media markets or whatever, and that's New York and that's L.A. and that makes sense. You get your house in L.A. or near L.A. and then you you're close to the music biz. And yet there's Drake with his kajillion dollar home in in Toronto. You know, that's so big it has like a, a b- basketball court in it and a pool and all that stuff. Yeah. And then Justin Bieber lives in some like big acreage out, in, out on the outskirts of Toronto which <clears throat> is the Canadian media market so they're not like su- they're not too far away from yeah. a, mar- a media market also, but it's it just, feels you know. safer here right then it feels safer sure i think so sure you know but it doesn't stop people from you know going Knocking down on the door <laughs> no, asking, just been going asking, asking questions about Degrassi. well i mean this is yeah this is canada so their door is unlocked and they're just yeah. like hanging in the house were you and, really uh, in a wheelchair in the, those <laughs> days, and now you can walk? How how'd you how you swing that? How'd you do it? It's called acting. Oh, okay. So, what are the three flavors of uh, Tim Biebs? What are the three flavors? Yeah, ham and pineapple. Yep. Um, coffee. Yep. Uh, double double coffee. You're right. And then um, Rogers Golden Syrup. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those are the three flavors. Uh, so they're the Canadian ones. There was a poutine for a while. It was discontinued <laughs> due to, uh, Food massive poisoning. deaths. Yes, yeah, massive, right. huge... massive deaths. Yes. Yes. It is a country with only 30 million people. The death of 5 million people is quite as newsworthy. I think, yeah, the three flavors are chocolate white fudge, mm-hmm. sour cream chocolate chip, mm-hmm. and birthday cake waffle. All three of those yeah. are trying way too fucking hard. Chocolate white fudge? Yeah. Sounds like a knock on Drake. Okay. Explain. I don't know. What there we go. At. That's fine. Explain. Yeah. Can you please explain your dumb joke? That's okay. Oh, thanks. Let me let me get my chalkboard out. Did they not? Yeah. I mean, just ask ask Gordon Lightfoot to design some flavors. Let's see what mm. he does. They'll be just sensible. Sure. Sensible sweetness. Moderate. <laughs> this one's tastes like Lake Superior. Yeah. I don't it know tastes like Great Lake uh, Gichigumi. That's what this uh, this one tastes like. Yeah, no, that's fine. God bless them all. There's nothing wrong with uh, them. They're all uh, Canadian successes. And as such, uh, we respect them and wish them the best of luck. It's true. We also esteem them from a distance. That's right. We you, do not we approach are, them. We are definitely esteeming them. We esteeming them. That's what we're doing. <laughs> An esteeming pile. Um, I'm mm-hmm. drink- By the way, I'm drinking as uh, last week on the show. Uh, I think I did have a, uh, a cherry Pepsi, mm-hmm. but yes, the difference. You've gone. I've gone wild cherry. You've gone wild cherry. It's gone wild. Uh, there, I don't know what the difference is, mm-hmm. uh, except one was called cherry Pepsi. This is called wild cherry. Yeah. And I distinctly remember the first wild cherry Pepsi I ever had. Okay. 
the year was 1988. <laughs> okay, it's crazy. Was, it's crazy you remember this. I do remember it very clearly. Okay. Uh, I was I was uh, I was in college, uh, Douglas College, a theater program. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, there was a corner store that you uh, uh, is directly to the right of the Sky Train. When you got off the Sky Train, you could get sure. like a soda pop. Okay, I would get a soda pop. Then walk up the way too steep hill. So <laughs> steep. And I was young and strong. Yeah. And taking dance class. And uh, I had to go to dance class. Yeah. So uh, uh, but right before dance class, I go I go up and I'm in like the uh, the kind of communal area before I go into the change room and have to have nude conversations with my dance instructor, which I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> uh, looking back on that, what? Um, and I uh, opened my wild cherry Pepsi. I was so excited about it. Yeah. Because I love cherry. Okay. And I'm fond of Pepsi. Sure. It was so good. Oh, my God. It was like, I went, this is my favorite soda. Yeah. And I think it will always be my favorite soda. Yeah. Smash cut to the year 2022. Yeah. I think uh, this is my favorite soda. Still your favorite soda. Mm-hmm. In all those years, you haven't grown as a person. Yeah. And that dance instructor, uh, you know, cheated on his wife. But also, uh, that same year, uh, won an award for, uh, like, best family man in something. Oh, really? Like newest Minster magazine of, like, oh. best dad and best oh, family boy. man. And, uh, yeah, it was, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, uh, fooling around on his wife and, uh, having way too many nude conversations, uh, with <laughs> students. Yeah. Like, I got notes for you. Not now you don't. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> pants. You can't give notes without pants. He, he was naked. Yeah. Cause we had to, you know, change. Yeah. After, uh, after dance class. Cause, oh, sure. you know, we're sweaty and such. Was it like an emergency that he gave his notes to you or something? No, it's just like, what's the big deal? It's like. Uh, we're all cool right it's 88 man i don't know <laughs> it's the future and somehow the fact that he was greek that also uh made it all right okay because we're we're real guy guys sure so they're it's fine he's a real he's a real uh hairy fella so it's <laughs> it's okay that's covering some of the business i wasn't thinking that i was thinking <laughs> what is that movie zorba he's a real zorba Okay, I was going to go my big fat Greek wedding? No, I'm going back farther. He's a real Zorba. He's a real Zorba the Greek. He's a real Jason and the Argonauts? He's a, a Dionysian <laughs> type of fellow. His, okay. You know, the wine and the women and the festivities and all the excitement. Yeah, it was... it was The though, minids tearing a man apart. Though I don't think he ever, like, uh, had anything going on with any of the students. Uh, that was another teacher. <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, He's got to be careful. Don't want to overlap. No, here. don't want to overlap. It was just like... Hey teachers, leave those kids alone. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying retroactively. That was a different. That was a different era. Was it though? Well, I mean, I think, apparently I think it it's was. still. I think it's still now. I think you know. I'd like to. I would like to believe that that era is over. I think. I, I think it gets called out more. But mm-hmm. uh, over the years, you know, there's a lot of teachers. Oh, yeah. In high school and college. <sighs> yeah, that like uh, you know, and quite often in the arts uh, elements of things. So. Nope, now that I'm thinking about it, other elements too. Though I can't ever think of a math teacher getting called out for that. I can't ever think of an algebra teacher where they went like, you know what, the algebra guy, what yeah. was he? we caught him. Well, you uh, know what we- they say about al- algebra guys, they're good with figures. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I and because I can't eye. think of a, a bad example, it's not a tragic thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all fine. It's all fine and good. <laughs> That said, my drama teacher, yeah, none of none of that business, as far as I knew. So good, good for good for them. Drama teacher in the rival school, not so good, not so good. Got the boot for uh, for shenanigans. Mm, that's not good. Mm-mm. 
No likey. Uh, uh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you mentioned Newsminster. I did. And I was, when you said, Which was spell, spelled incorrectly in a, a video I watched recently. And oh, really? Did it say minister? It was a video about... Sorry, I'll just say it super fast. Sure. Uh, once upon a time, uh, my wife uh, did uh, a Van Calf show. Oh, a Vancouver Comic Arts Festival and sat next to kind of a right wing cartoonist and uh, okay. pundit. Pun- uh, it was a like, pundit. A, yeah, he was between her and our friend Lily Fine. Okay. And both my wife and Lily Fine have gone on to be great successes. And he has been gone, gone on to be a, a, a fair success. Okay. A fair success. But he was, he was holding a lot of court and was standing on his chair. Yeah. And it was, and, He's and very they, excitable fellow. Yeah. And they both were like rolling their eyes constantly at this guy who needed all the attention in the world. Anyway, so there was a thing, uh, where it was like showing his apartment, uh, on YouTube and he was a newest minster and they broke up, uh, Westminster into two words. Oh. And it was like, fix that fix that nonsense but they didn't fix that nonsense and it was annoying <laughs> uh my mom always i don't know why she always called it newest minister that is correct yes that was the way to screw it up back then <laughs> she's very good at saying that i don't know why because she grew up in a time when new westminster was your go-to shopping area you know so when i grew up grew up that was where we went shopping right we went shoe shopping along the main drag of of new westminster which former capital of british columbia I guess it would be the second capital of British Columbia. Because the first capital was Langley. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, Fort Langley, yeah, was the seat. Because Langley, I I didn't even realize this myself, but until I was looking at something, I guess I was looking at my, I was looking at my, um, my, what do you call it? My host, my property taxes. Okay. And it has the little, you know, township of Langley symbol. And then it said, founded in 1874. Or 1873. 1873, sorry. So we're going to be 150 years old, I guess. In, okay. And a couple of... So that's pretty old. That's older than Vancouver, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. That's older than Vancouver. Yeah. As a, as, a, as, a, as a city or whatever. Not a city, but as a township. Yeah, Vancouver is... Uh, is and will forever be 100 years old. Because we built a <laughs> statue that said 100. And we don't change it every year. So it's just going to stay 100. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Because it's too expensive to yeah, change yeah. it. Well, if, we gave, if we gave a fuck yeah. every year, we'd roll out a new they do, number. They do give a fuck because Vancouver has gone through a lot of plastic surgery over the years. Mm. So, you know, no matter, it's always getting a new facelift. Right, but it wants to look young. On yeah. its license, it's got 100 and that's it. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It, never, it never ages past that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Newsminster was, was one, once upon a time. And in fact, what's kind of, I think, interesting is the, the church, the Anglican church in, Newsminster is very fancy. It's a very nice oh. church. Okay. But it's not the cathedral, because the cathedral is in Vancouver, which, uh, because Newsminster lost its place as like the kind of first city of, right. of the Lower Mainland to, to Vancouver. Yeah. And so the cathedral moved from Newsminster into Vancouver to a smaller church. And that's what God cares about. Prestige. Yep. He does. He does He's not like prestige. the humble. He does not like the poor. No. He likes prestige and yeah. big fancy things. Yeah. That's how that goes. <laughs> oh, I, I always thought you were right. I always agree with. Well, him. I don't know. You're you're a church going man. So I am know. a church going man, and I sometimes pay attention. <laughs> but yeah, like so, it's this. I always find because uh, like when you were saying it's hilly. Yeah, it's not just like not just walking to Douglas College is it hilly. Oof. It's an entire like the entire city is built on the side of a mountain. Well, basically, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a valley because it's a river valley. Yeah, that there's it's times that you're on. going down a hill and going, "This could be it." Yeah, this could be it. If I get like enough ice, this could be it. <laughs> and it's like is it worth it 
Is it worth it to go down this hill? Sure. Can't we just go the long way around? And because when I was a kid, I moved, I kind of moved to, I moved away from where I had grown up. But New Westminster was kind of the center point there. So quite often my friends and I would meet there and then we would go do things. We would go explore. And, and my whole like understanding of how buses worked was all New Westminster based. Oh. And when I first started going to Vancouver, I would take the bus into New Westminster and then catch a connecting bus, like the yeah. Canada Way or whatever, to go into in Vancouver. And it took forever. Like that's Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But you had a book. <laughs> I had a book where I had my friends with me. Yeah. Still, it was a, what a waste of a day. Mm. You know, by the time I got there, it was, it was five. All the stores were closed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. It's just, and then, of course, there was the two movie theaters there. Well, three movie theaters, if you count the more recent one that was... Now it's, of course, an antique, but at the time was a little newer because it had three or four theaters in it. Mm-hmm. But there was the Columbia, Columbian yeah. and the Paramount, which were like the two old. Yeah. In fact, they're so old, they're still named after the, the studios that once owned them. I never even put that together. The but Paramount yeah. and the Columbia. I thought that yeah. was just a coincidence. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because one time the studios all owned their own theaters. But sometime in the early 40s or 1940s, they were divested of those by the government because there was like an antitrust right. case brought against Well, there was them. a couple of buildings that were down there as well that were old vaudeville theaters. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, like when I, my first girlfriend was uh, an assistant to a vaudevillian magician. And so, you know, she knew because he told her about like, you know, perform there, perform mm-hmm. there, we did there. And yeah, there's a lot of places, uh, buildings that are still there. Yeah. That were old vaudeville theaters. Which I'd be very curious then to go inside and go, is there any remnants of these of this theater space that's there? Yeah. Were the um, were the Columbia and the uh, Paramount, no, yeah. were they always movie theaters or were they ever theater theaters and then they became movie theaters? I think they were always movie theaters. Okay. Just because of the name. Then later on, of course, yeah. they became the Raymond Burr Theater. And then they were the- theater, theater theaters. theaters. To, and then became like Laugh Lines, mm. uh, comedy club that was there and yeah. they would do shows. Yeah. I'm not sure what they are now. Like I know one's a strip club. Okay. And one was... For the Fraternal Order, Order of Eagles. That's right, like yeah. A, yeah. Became one of those sort of a, a service organization hangouts. But yeah, I remember when the Columbian, Columbia also, it um, at one point, it it closed off its balcony and it created a smaller theater upstairs. I think we mentioned this, I mentioned this in the show before. Because I saw all the right moves in the smaller th- cinema okay. there. I guess that was Which one did you see uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure in? I saw that downtown. Oh, okay. I saw it at... Uh... I think I saw it. At the, I think it was the Columbia. Mm. I think so. Because I saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure as a sneak preview before Mad Max: oh, Grand the Thunderdome. There you go. Which that's is a, the way to see it. Which was kind of funny because it was such a great film. Uh, Thunderdome's paled and s- paled so much in appearance. I can't even. Yeah. I should rewatch it one day because I haven't seen it since I watched it in the theater when it came out. It is weird. Like uh, the I mean, Beyond Thunderdome, I've seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. several times since then. But. It's got a real okay. If if I would give you a comparison. Uh, I think the the trilogy that it compares to the most mm-hmm. would be Evil Dead, and that you've got three movies that technically mm-hmm. continue from each other, yeah. but stylistically are radically different from each sure, other. Sure, sure. You know, and the second one is the best. The second Though one is the best. People will always say the first one has the most heart. And they're like you're right. You know, there's something to it. I don't know about like, that, but of, yeah. What's that? You know, it's got it's got more grit. It's certainly more gritty. And then the yeah. second one is. Is uh, the more commercial, and we know what more we're doing. More professionally And made. then by the <laughs> third one, well, you might as well have a guy come out and drink a coke, you know, in the middle of it, and you know what have you. It's still good in yeah, parts. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. Unfortunately, I the pr- producing partner of George Miller had died just before that film went into production. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I think he was kind of 
dealing with that while he was trying to make a movie. And so I think that kind of affected the, the shooting of it. I, I've got to, I got to, you, you reminded me of something that I've never asked. Did you know George Miller was a doctor? In what? Like a medical doctor? Medical doctor, yeah. He he worked as like an after-hours paramedic oh. to earn, to make money in order to pay for the first Mad Max film. That's how, we, that's how they raised the funds to make the first Mad Max movie. He and I think his name Have was Bert Kennedy. Have any of his films Ken- involved George. medicine in any way? Yeah, Lorenzo's Oil. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, look, here's the thing about George Miller. Yes. None of his movies are like the other movies. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Like, you it? wouldn't go the guy who did uh, Lorenzo's Oil did Mad yeah. Max. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't go the guy who did Lorenzo's Oil uh, did Babe Pig in the City. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's nothing about one movie. Happy you wouldn't feet? think the guy who did Babe Pig in the City would have done Babe. They're very radically different movies he, that both I think he star just produced, the fucking pig. He didn't direct Babe, but he produced it, yeah. Okay. But stylistically... Both very different yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like everything he does is different. You wouldn't think that's a guy. Which is Beeswick. To... There you go. That's uh, a weird one. I've got a I've got a, a Justice League script by him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like whoa. <laughs> that our friend Steve let yeah, me yeah, read. Yeah. Uh, that I need to get back to him. I'm sorry about that, Steve. <laughs> We're gonna get that script back to you. Uh, <laughs> you so here's the thing. So if Steve's working with my friend Steve. Yeah. Steve Scrooge. Um, and Steve uh, finds a lump on his back. Uh, he should talk to George. He should yes. say, George, check this out. Yeah. And George would go, hmm. And then George does a movie about that, you know, and uh, makes a uh, fortune. This is one of my favorite George Miller stories. Is he was he was filming Witches of Eastwick, which is a pretty good film, I think. I enjoyed yeah, yeah. it a bit. It's based on a John Updike novel. And, and what movie is that movie like? It's not like any other movie. <laughs> not like any other movie. Well, again, this is, this is, to be honest, that's yeah. another thing about a George Miller movie. Yeah. It's like, what movie is Babe, Babe like? It's not like, yeah, <laughs> Even, like, again, Big Pig in the City is not like Babe. No, it's totally different in no. tone. No, what and... movie is like Mad Max? No, not really. Not even, I yeah. can't think of any other movie that's like Mad Max. Yeah, they're all freaking unique movies. Yeah. Let's continue with your story about so, Miller. So he was doing uh, Witches of Eastwick, and, uh, which, he was, which was being produced by... Isn't Peter Gruber, you know, the guy who was uh, Barbara Barbara Streisand's boyfriend who got into the movie industry by, he started as a hairdresser, became Barbara Barbara Streisand's boyfriend, and then started producing her movies. So, boyfriend, wink, wink. How do you mean? Well, as a hairdresser. Okay. (laughs) He's Dave. A womanizer. He's, what? He's hilariously. No. He's Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. Yeah. And you're you're thinking he's straight? Yeah. He's like a, you know, there, there's that movie Licorice okay. Pizza came out with a with with uh, right. with okay. a great Bradley. Uh, Weirder Cooper things have happened. <laughs> Weirder things have well, happened. This is funny because this is like this is like the plot of of Harris, not Harris. We have shampoo, right? The Warren Beatty film, right? Is, and that's why that's fiction. Is that <laughs> that's why people went, oh, what a wonderful <laughs> fictional movie this is. So so, so anyway, which so. then later almost became a David Brenner sitcom, but it didn't. And it was, <laughs> Don't even start on that. But please continue. Shampoo almost became a David Brenner? Yeah. Huh. Wrong. Wrong casting. Oh, okay. I think you're telling me I was wrong. No, no. I don't think you're, I don't, okay. think you're wrong to say that that was going to happen. I just say that's a wrong casting. Anyhow. So George Miller's doing Witches of Eastwick. And so during the filming, near the beginning of filming, he, he said, you know what? I don't, need a, I don't need a trailer. Like, don't waste your money paying for a trailer for me because okay. I'm not going to use it. And so he just, you know, gave up his trailer. But to this Peter Gruber guy... That was just like a sign of weakness that George Miller was now he's just a, a rollover. So okay. he shows up in the set one day and he's brought a guy dressed as an alien. And he wants George Miller to because 
you know, ETs come out and stuff. These movies are really popular and successful. And so he wants him to put an alien into the Witches of Eastwick. Okay. Which George Miller's like, but Peter, this is a movie, you know, it's not, it's not about aliens. Like, I can't just put an alien. He goes, no, no, George, this would be great. I really want you to put an alien in this movie. You know, we got this guy. He's dressed up like an alien. We'll just put it, you know, just put him in the movie and this is going to make it so popular and blah, 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 like that. And George Miller's like, you know, he kind of felt like bad but he didn't want to you know he's just like yeah. this is not gonna work and but peter gruber is like so insistent that he was he was gonna like fire george miller okay. if he didn't put an alien into this movie and like lu- and luckily for jack nicholson was there yeah and jack nicholson said you know if he could do it as jack nicholson i appreciate it <laughs> i cannot sorry if you and i forget can't even do it so then he just says listen if you if you fire george miller yeah and put an alien into the movie I am leaving the film. Right. I am done. And like he came to bat for George Miller and then he kind of that, that ended that. But yeah. And the funny thing was, Jack Nicholson wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. He had just come with, with, with Angelica Houston, who was auditioning for the film. Right. Uh, and he just came with her one day and he was there. And George Miller's like, Jack, you know, uh, what do you think about playing this role? And Jack Nicholson's like, you know, took the script and read it. He says, oh, sure, I'll do that. And so Angelica Houston didn't get the role, but okay. Jack Nicholson, who just kind of showed up alongside her, got got into the movie. But yeah, it was kind of funny. Then Angelica Houston showed up dressed as an alien. I just... Bleep, <laughs> Like, come on. Wait, are you an alien or, an, or a robot? You're speaking in robot. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny because, you know, he came, that's the only movie that he did that wasn't produced by himself, like that he didn't finance himself was The Witches of Eastwick. And he found those, the the experience so terrible that he would never do another film again. Ex- yeah, um, uh, he did do uh, a, a, an anthology movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, the best part of the Twilight Zone, the movie, is his uh, remake of Terror at Thirty Thousand Feet or whatever it's called. Uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. <laughs> it's a time of inflation. This yeah, is the eighties. Did that in between Mad Max Two and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. And then the one I always forget is. Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. I saw, oh, I mentioned it Again, earlier, but are, you must have Yeah, yeah, me. but I'm yeah. just like throwing out my hands now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah know, of course. Right, right, right. It's just crazy. And now he's working on that prequel to uh, to um, Mad Max with Furiosa, but played by a different actress. Really he new. produced Dead Calm mm-hmm. and was also the second unit director. Oh, I didn't know he was the second unit director on that. Wow, that's fascinating. That's, that's funny. Interesting. So the, the, yeah, the film that was based on Shampoo, not film, sitcom that was based on Shampoo was called Snip. I see. And it was starring uh, David Brenner, and but it had uh, apparently uh, a gay actor who played a gay person. Ah. And you could have a gay actor. Yeah. So they play a straight person. Yeah. You could have someone who was straight playing gay. Is that right? But you couldn't have a gay person playing a gay person. Wow. We're not having that. And so this show got canceled before it uh, went out. That is And fucked. that kind of threw off David Brenner's career. It did. Always for the rest of time. Wow. Was, yeah. Wow. It was uh, created by James uh, Comack, who did uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. I see. And uh, Chico and the Man. Uh-huh. And what have you. And yeah, it was Which were, in their day, kind of social... Yep. Not just social justice, but, you know, social commentary kind of... Sometimes. Sometimes Cotter was just hot nonsense. Yeah, of course. But Chico and the Man, for sure, mm-hmm. was uh, social commentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the... The lovable bigot. The lovable... That character is uh, <laughs> He's so faded great. away. <laughs> Yes. We kind of yeah. got to make him a mob boss or something. Uh, we can't really have him in a sitcom anymore. 
You can have that about women, though. You can have that. Like, the guy was just like, women. Oh, boy. That's okay in a sitcom That's now? okay. Yeah, but you can't hmm. have the lovable bigot just throwing out racial slurs sure. as jokes. Sure. It's like, not so much anymore. It's bad. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, a little bit. Not not working anymore. Where you do the where you do the racist joke, mm. get the laugh for it, mm-hmm. and then someone does a topper that shows up the guy who did the racist joke. Yeah, but you did cash the check on the racist <laughs> joke. You did take the credit. yeah. You got the you got the, you got well, the laugh. Kind of it. It should be a show called "Having Your Cake and Eating It." <laughs> oh, I like Having I like your to, cake and eating it too. too. Have it both ways. <laughs> Having it both ways actually sounds better because it sounds dirty. <laughs> well, that's a good name for a show, actually. Yeah. It is. It is that's good. a good name for like a, uh, a Three's Company type show. Um, mm. I was going to ask because uh, you mentioned the uh, Eagles, Loyal I'm, Order of Eagles. Oh, the Fraternal, not fraternal, the fraternal Order, of order of Eagles, not yeah. the band, the Eagles. Yes. Um, I was going to walk off the show. That's fine. We're adult gentlemen. <laughs> we are right? adult gentlemen. You and I. Yes. Uh, you know, I'll even prove it. I had a birthday yesterday. I am now. Oh, I, I can now get totally. a discount at Denny's. I'm so dumb. I had to sit in my mind the last three days or two days. Yeah, three days. It's Ian's birthday. Make sure I wish him a happy birthday on Thursday. Don't be a dummy, Dave. Remember to do that. That's okay. We're older gentlemen. We forget things. <laughs> it's true. But don't worry about it. And it's not a birthday I was looking forward to again because of the Denny's thing. And I'm just like, uh, I don't care about that. So um, you, sorry. So now you can eat for free at Denny's? No, not Denny. No, I don't, I'm not that old. I'm not old enough that I can eat for free at Denny's. You're so old now, you're not going to eat very much. So but I can, can just... get something off the seniors menu. Yeah. And then show some ID and they'll go, okay, wow. there's your discount. But isn't that just kind of like a come on? It's such... bullshit. Yeah. yeah basically what they did was they bumped uh, what a senior citizen is up 10 years yeah. uh, at like Shoppers Drug Mart and mm-hmm. other businesses because they went, hey, you know who's got money? Younger guys. <laughs> so why don't we, this is smart. We'll call them old. Yeah. Then they'll feel bad about themselves. Yeah. They'll go, I guess I'll have some pie. And then you get a little, that's a pie. Uh, so that's, that's the way you go. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to ask was, mm. so you're uh, you're an adult. I'm, I'm an, an adult. I'm an, I, I am an adult. It says on my, my driver's license that I am an adult. Right. Uh, I, I was, and when I was a kid, I thought, oh, there's certain things that will happen when I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that will happen is I, uh, I'm an adult. I'll be asked to join one of these organizations, (laughs) like the Shriners, the Lions, the Eagles, the Optimists. The Rotarians. The Rotarians. There's all these clubs, Mm -hmm. the Odd Fellows. The Kiwanis Club. The Kiwanis. They've they've all got these buildings. Mm -hmm. They've all got these clubhouses. They're all over the place. I I mean, so many memberships. Someone will ask me to join. And yet here I am, grown adult, Mm -hmm. not once. Well, yeah. I don't even know. And Dave, yeah. yeah, do you know anyone who's a member of any? I of those do. People? I do know. Okay, very people. good. I do not. Yeah, and I feel like I know people. Yeah, <laughs> but I do not know anyone who's a lion. Yeah, I do not know a Shriner. Yeah. How 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 is this? Well, when is I think it's generational. Explain. Well, because they're service organizations. Okay. So and how do you get to be like? And also, uh, my and they're also was, business organizations. Okay, and I'm not a Mason either. No, though I do have a ring. You have a mason ring from a relative? From my grandfather. Okay, yes. okay. It has uh, it has a couple of the symbolic things removed from it, mm. but uh, I do have a mason ring. So it still has the image of a man fucking a goat on the ring. Oh. 
Is that what that is? Now that you say it, if I I squint. Uh, We, in in Langley, we had a giant Masonic Hall, like a big Masonic Hall. Sure, sure, sure. The Eureka Masonic Hall. Uh, It's it's much... more it's much uh what's the word i'm looking for now it's much smaller nowadays it's 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 reduced partly because it sold off its land around itself and now it's surrounded itself by uh, condo development i went to two parties at masonic halls mm. uh that were like oh it's pretty pretty nice place <laughs> pretty okay yeah i've never been inside i mean this is it's a fine it's a you know it's an older looking if building you give the money they'll fine. let you inside if you get money give if, them money if you give the money uh, oh, to okay. rent the space for a party they I will see. let you inside they, yeah yeah makes sense yeah but what I I think personally one is that, well one is that they're business they're business things too like so if you're a businessman or you are in the world of business people right then you will become a Rotarian or you will become a member because those those are networking organizations okay, right. so that other people can you know are they all the same thing I think they are, are the basically, Eagles like the Shriners yeah, like the Optimists I think like, they're basically the same thing okay and why they, are there so many of them then or are they rivals. I don't know if they're rivals, but I guess... Why are they more than... Why are they so many of yeah, them? Yeah, I don't know why there's so many... I mean, like, maybe... Why not the, just all because... Like, there's no the Red, of, the, the red of Cross and then other Red thing sure, that's like the Red sure. Cross. It's like, no, you're the Red Cross. Join the Red Cross. Yeah. Like, uh, you're the food bank. Oh, and we're the other food bank. No, you're not. Like, you're the food bank. Like, you yeah. know, it's okay, so you're the lions, right? How do you become a lion? I don't think it's that hard to become a lion. I think it's more difficult to become a mason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knights of, Knights of Columbus is another one, and, and that's a Catholic organization. Okay. So that's strictly for, for, for people who are Catholic. Wafer eaters. And so they probably started theirs. I was, a, I was a Catholic once. I they, ate a wafer. <laughs> <laughs> they started theirs, I think, because they're probably excluded by, from other organizations. Like here in North America, there was a time when Catholics weren't welcome. Oh. Uh, in general, in the you know, in polite society. So you say you wouldn't let a, a Catholic into the Lions Club? Yeah, that may have been a time when they couldn't just like walk into any place. So mm. they started their own service service organization, and they probably have their own kind of individual philosophies or whatever that that are slightly different than other ones. But it's, like the people I've known who are in like local ones, say in Aldergrove, yeah, because the people I know who are in those sort of groups were, were members of the church or are members of the church, right, right. You know, and I think they're a generation that's different than our generation. They're, that's a service. Okay, well, we're talking about my generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your generation. Yeah, my generation. Yeah. Well, these guys, you know, they went to the Rotarians so they could just f- 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 fade away, I guess. Okay, if that's, but who are they? Who? Like, who are who? Are, who, who? Who? <laughs> who are they? Who? Well, that's a different song. Now you're diff- mis- mixing things up here. Same band. Confused. Same band. It is same band, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a mere decade apart. But yeah, that's fine. Pinball Wizard. Yes, <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> same band. All the songs are the same. So, you know, when you go to Rotarians, this is a teenage wasteland. <laughs> okay. Because there's no teenagers there. Um, no, I just. So who's who? Do you know, think, who do you know that's in it? Tommy. Tommy's in it. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway. So it's fun, right? It's yeah. Fun, it's fun for to, someone. Fun to goof around it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked the question. I'm trying to yeah, think. Yeah. Of, I'm trying to think of a, of a possible answer for. I just, but I just think that like that that generation, like the those church guys who 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 are much older than me. Let me just point that out. They are they're like a different generation. They're 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 you know they're like community service people. You know, you have to get yeah. out there into the community, and we're gonna go out and do like a cleanup drive, or we're gonna do yeah. a, a paint. All the fences and, and, you know, all the, all the public fences that have 
graffiti and stuff on them. We'll, we're going to paint them all, you know. Yeah. And I'm, they'll I, do stuff like that. And those are all like kind of rotary or Kiwanis Club right. driven things. I have just looked up how to join the Lions Club. And how do you join? Uh, you pay 25 bucks. There you go. The end. There you go. That's it. It's easy. 25 bucks. Yeah. And I'm in the Lions Club. Yep. It's easy. Yeah. But then there's there's there are... Uh, things that you have to do once you're a member. Yeah, fuck a goat. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the Masons. Uh, that's the Masons. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look at how to join the Masons, but please continue. That's the problem. See, it's 25 bucks to join the Lions Club, but you have to fuck a bear. What? I know. Oh, it's, it's so it seems cheap. in Canada, yes. That it makes seems sense. cheap, but oh my gosh, the, yeah. the how, goat is way how easier. How literary. <laughs> how Canadian literary. That's right. <laughs> how to join the Masons in Canada. Who wants to know? Okay. Yeah. No, they got... Oh, wait a second. This looks uh, possible. This it's looks it's possible. doable? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it says how to join... Bring your own apron. There's four rules and, and like that can... Oh, there is. Mm. Okay. There is what? Oh, I thought I thought there'd be ten. Oh, okay. You know, you always think there's ten rules. There's sure. four rules. Okay. Okay, so you want to be a Freemason. Yeah. Uh, in British Columbia. Okay. All right, let's see if you can do this. Be uh, 21 years of age or older. I can be that. I can do that. Okay. Be of, effortlessly. Okay. Okay. Be of good character and oh. reputation. Oh, oh, falling apart here. I think you. I think you're all right. Adam. Yeah. Believe in the existence of a supreme being. Well, I'm there already. All right. Have resided in British Columbia for the previous twelve months. <laughs> okay. These are pretty easy to. And you are a Freemason. Well, I think I have to do more than that. Well, fees vary by lodge. Okay. You must pay annual dues and a one-time initiation fee. Okay. All funds received goes towards the lodge, space rental, all yeah. those other stuff. Have to buy the antlers for the uh, grand. How much time okay. would you have to commit if you joined? Uh, you would have to meet with them on the second Friday and fourth Monday of the month, except in July and August. Okay. From uh-huh. seven thirty to ten thirty. Okay. You would be expected to attend these meetings. Mm-hmm. However, exceptions are made. Wow. And will you have to do a lot of memorization and public speaking? You will. You'll have to recite some memorized text. Oh, I see. This may be daunting if you're not used to public speaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, can you talk for three hours on a podcast? Oh, yeah, well, that's good for you. <laughs> I guess, guess I'm familiar with talking. And uh, and uh, will you will being a Freemason benefit you financially? Yeah. Well. Uh-oh. Freemason. Dave. Yeah. Sorry, I have to use a stern voice here. Sure. <laughs> Freemasonry is not a networking society. Oh, it's not? No. As detailed, Dave, as yes. detailed through the website, okay. the goal of Freemasonry trying to tell you. is to make good men better ah. through the virtues of fraternity and goat fucking, charity, yes. truth, and yes, that's implied <laughs> and inferred. When Masons enter a Masonic lodge, yeah, yes. they leave something at the door. What is it that they leave at the door? Their sins? <laughs> Yep, you check your sins at the door, put them in the sin bucket. They leave their professional lives at the door. Oh, so then they're not networking. And meet on the level with men from various backgrounds to practice these virtues. Not to network or make business connections, but to become a better man. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Leaving your sins at the door. (laughs) I meant your sins of business. Yeah, your business sins. <laughs> That's interesting. It's interesting that they're like making a point. We're not the Rotarians. We're not oh, your. Is that, is that what the Rotarians we're not your Kiwanis about? Club. We're not a. Ne- okay. We're not a business. We're not like going to the 
what are they called? There's those things, the... Strip clubs. <laughs> no, not that. No. It's called the Paramount. There's a thing it's like... It's a strip club, but they can't drink there. I can't remember what it is, but it's like an, another way of like businesses getting together. And I, I can't think of what it is anyway. But anyhow. So yeah, so... The, a I bunga like, bunga party. <laughs> yes. Exactly what businesses have. Rotarians, <laughs> Kiwanis Club Lions, blah, blah, blah. Bunga bunga parties. <laughs> it's a well-known, it's a well-known thing. So instead of bunga, bunga parties... <laughs> The Masons are pushing like an idea, an ideal of equality, and I assume it's a service organization. I don't really know what they do. Besides, if if you're just getting together to talk to each other, yawn. But okay. Though to be honest, anytime anyone is like, the one thing we don't do in our organization is Mm -hmm. wear hats. (laughs) Well, you're gonna see a lot of people wearing hats. That's what's gonna happen. I guess they're trying to make you may have heard that we do this, but we really do that. But if you think about when when Freemasonry started, like in England, in 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 the time that it started, it started in a a culture that was incredibly like you know had all these very fixed classes where people were, and so maybe the idea of Freemasonry was this idea of like the equality of people that what didn't matter where you were in this world. I'm sure they weren't like taking in like a bunch of really poor people. Screw them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, people of a certain, you know, lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, you know, all all barriers were forgotten. Brief while you're inside your lodge, you know, outside the lodge, well, fuck you. But inside the lodge, right. fuck the goat. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah, that's fairness. You know, not for the goat. No, but everyone else, it's totally fair. Well, the goat was just trying to get away from the eagles. <laughs> he was. So he thought like he didn't understand. <laughs> we're, I, I they weren't real the eagles. Yeah, it was like, not real eagles. Yeah, it was like I want to get away from the eagles and I want to get rid of the away from the lions. Yeah, it feels like Freemasons is the safest organization for me <laughs> as a goat to become part of because it's the only one that isn't predators. He, he really misread the room, and I'm not sure what a Shriner is. <laughs> yes, but I can only assume it's some kind of yeah. little tiger because it sounds like Shriner tiger sure. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Freemasons. Oh no, not yeah. again! <laughs> and then another one uh, is talking to him the next day, and she's like. Yeah, I made that mistake again. And they're like, you know, Tim, no one's believing it's a mistake anymore. You go every you go every uh, fourth Thursday. You go every second Monday. And you except, go, except in July and yeah, August. Yeah, I wish my clock was as regular as you on this, this mistake that you keep making. You keep, you keep uh, brushing your teeth beforehand. You comb your hair. Get all dolled up. You always come out and you go, eh, it's a living. (laughs) (laughs) And so on and so forth. It is a good question, though. I never thought about that, but I remember reading, like, Sinclair Lewis's Main Street when I was younger and, you know, like, my teens or early 20s. And you're reading about, like, yeah, people who remember the Chamber of Commerce. That was what I was trying to think of. Just things like that. Yeah, yeah. Which are just another form of networking for, for business dudes, you know, like, us... Uh, poor schlubs aren't going to be part of these things, but for you know, I would join an organization called the schlubs. <laughs> the schlubs, the poor, the poor schlubs. Yeah, yeah. You would think like schlubs. the dudes would have to be reasonable. Yes, for sure. Yes, yeah. the were. poor schlubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you go in there, and it's just all goats. And they're like, <laughs> we're hiding from the masons. <laughs> I hope nobody does nothing. It's like, listen, guys, this isn't what we're here for. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, leave your sins at the door. That's what they say. 
<laughs> la 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 la. I'm just gonna face the wall. Look at the wall. Looking at the wall. La 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 la. Look, I don't feel comfortable it's with really, any of this. Really terrible. La 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 la. First, I'm so sleepy. I'm oh. just gonna take a nap at on first, this table. At first, I wasn't, first I wasn't interested, but you know they'll keep facing the wall. I don't know. I just don't get thoughts. Oh, I gotta leave this organization. Yeah. Put the Barry White on. Oh, baby goat. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't want it to be a baby goat. You put the Barry White on. No, I don't. What's, a, what's the baby goat part of it? It's a grown damn ram. <laughs> Just a term of affection. Making its own choices. Just it a clearly, term of affection. It's clearly it's... sentient. It's clearly um, that can speak. It's got uh, free choice. It's got free will. <laughs> it's it of is. age. The, the ram is of age. <laughs> yes. And yet here it, it is. It purchased its own music from a shop. I can't, you know... When someone says "Hey, baby," they're not—they're not really referring to a baby. Just want to point that out to you. Okay, all right, good. So you know, in, in music, it's all right. It's fine. Oh my lord! <laughs> you know what? I know we're just like a week away from like our, uh, you know, five hundred and fiftieth anniversary yeah. show or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe we should just wrap up the podcast. <laughs> I think I think it's Some done. We, I think it's done. I think we've both pulled the ripcord now. It's probably best. <laughs> it's too late. Too late to stop now. As By the way, if, uh, observed. if you haven't sent in your questions for that, uh, you got uh, a very short period of time to do so. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, boy, you've been you've been sleeping sleeping on this one. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but a lot of people have been sending in questions. Yes. And they now have a chance of winning valuable prizes. Valuable prizes, or at the very least, getting a cute little sticker. Yeah, nice little sticker. Why in not? In the mail. Yeah, nice sticker in the mail. Uh, and uh, so if you ask us any questions, because uh, what we do on the 50th, uh, you know, any episode that has 50 at the end of it, uh, we answer questions for a very long time, usually. <laughs> uh, but we'll ask, answer pretty much anything that isn't revealing, like, our bank information. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can just uh, give us a little uh, dingle. There on the email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Send it in, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And uh, we will then put all the names of people that uh, give us questions in some, uh, you know, uh, article of clothing. Draw them out. <laughs> and then uh, someone will win something. And if it's, uh, you know, like usual, it's the same person every time. It's a big fix. <laughs> we'll see. Fixy uh, fix. Clickety click. Bob a fix. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 um, Award, the person who was awarded those prizes is, has not sent in questions yet. I know that he's getting ready for a big family vacation, so uh, so he's probably busy. By the way, is anyone out there, uh, this doesn't count as like our question of the week, but is anyone out there a member of any of these organizations? Yeah, that's a good question. But you know what? I doubt it because Why? none of our members are in their 70s. Oh, do you think it's all uh, older people? I think, that, I think that it's kind of starting to age out of culture. Like I've noticed that Several of the lodges that were in Aldergrove have disappeared. Mm. And the saddest one that disappeared, and as far as I know, was never like attended by a single living soul. Is that right? But there was like an old church right in the center of Aldergrove, not center of Aldergrove, but right in town. Okay. And for about 20 years, like from when we moved there to when the girls were growing up and could ask questions about this weird building, it was a temple of technocracy right in Aldergrove. Oh, it was always there. There were some pamphlets on the door, or at least a sign on the door that talked about technocracy. I always wondered what it was. Yeah, what it, is it? It never occurred to me 
to look it up on, online, but Mary did. Mary, Mary was furious one time. Like, you know, she's finally, she's like, I, I've always wondered what this place is. So she looked up about technocracy. And? And the one thing I remember her talking about was, it was basically like this um, organization that was started in like the 30s. And I, their, their kind of philosophy was that technology was going to bring this giant change to our culture. Okay. And we done need and to we need to address that as a culture. And okay. so the idea of technocracy was a political system that would deal with the changes that technology was going to bring. So you know, so you know, things it felt like people were going to be um, would lose work because of new technology, like you know, robots and stuff like that would take away jobs because okay. they could you know blah blah blah. And so we had to have like a some sort of system that would allow for the slow, the, the inevitable reduction of like manual labor jobs uh, as machinery took over those sort of jobs. Okay. I think it, might, it probably had other things. That's the one I remember what Mary I, talking what about. What I'm getting here is sure. that uh, uh, it's a, to, all right, it, get rid of uh, representative democracy. Sure. It's done. Okay. The, um, <laughs> sure. The idea behind this is. Yeah. Uh, the way that you select your leaders okay. is based on their skill sets. I see. Uh, depending on, you know, in regard to uh, scientific or technical knowledge, because that is what's going to be needed. Okay. So instead of having a group of people voting on... Oh, boy, this starting to sound like Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Instead of having a group of people voting on yeah. the leaders that we want, we go like, uh, okay, Dave knows the most about, you know, uh, computers. Yeah. So you're in charge of this of the, everything computery. Yeah. And you and now you're in charge over here about something else technology, transportation. You know about transportation? Great. You're the transportation leader. And we we uh, put in charge people that know what they're talking about with all the things that need to be fixed. So you know about uh, climate, huh? Great. You're in charge of climate because you know the most. We're not going to have mm-hmm. people vote on a leader and hope that that leader then cares about climate. Yeah. And then hope that that leader then picks people to to deal with climate. Yeah. It's just like Fuck it. You know about climate. You're in but charge of climate. who's doing the appointing of this? Mm. Seems like a. I di- guess like seems like a dictatorship that, of the. I guess the people that are already like yeah. you know in charge. The science, the, the the scientific dictatorship. Yeah, and uh, it's comparable to a meritocracy, <sighs> which again sounds scary. But, <laughs> it does sound know, scary. You want and the you problem want the is, person who understands robots to yeah. be in charge of robots. But you don't want a guy who knows nothing no, about robots, I, that's who wrong. trusts robots, but that's wrong. Who uh, wants to have sex with robots, <laughs> and now that guy's in charge of the robots. And now, yeah. what's the deal with the robots? They've taken uh, jobs away from sheep, <laughs> goats. So either way, they're all on the lamb. <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing. I, I mean, maybe Mary talked about that. I don't remember now. We were. This is a long time ago that we discussed this, but but I think while that sounds like a good idea to someone, it doesn't make sense because okay, you might be really good like at understanding climate change. Good, okay. Well, that makes you a really good person to talk about climate change with. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good organizer or a good person at at taking various groups and sort of creating consolidation or compromise and getting agreement and cooperation across these different groups you know you just might be the most inept social person in the world what if you don't need that compromise like you're going with compromises in like uh because because the people's uh decision on this matters it's like no just the just the person who's like (laughs) that's a that's a nightmare then is it yeah well Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the argument I would make to that, and I'm, a, I'm not for this, but the <laughs> argument I would make to sure. that is, yeah. how's that working out for you? 
the climate change thing. Basically, like, we're not doing enough. Yeah. Uh, the world is going to be really fucked. Sure. It's going to pass a point of no return. Mm-hmm. So what's your worst case scenario? Your worst case scenario is the person is, like, in charge of climate. Yeah. Who understands how to fix sure. climate. They fix climate. Yeah. Then you go, I'm outraged. And then you have a revolution and behead yeah. them. And then we go back to representative democracy later and it's all fine. But at least you fixed climate change. True. You know? I guess to a degree. It's like if there but is what if, what if there, what if, what if, like, so you're willing to go along with all of their, so what if their suggestion it's is. not willing to go along with it. We need like to, you, okay, so this person gets in, comes into power. They're, 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 right. they're, 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 they're the, the like climate change czar. Right. So they're the climate change czar. Dictata- all right. Yeah. There's a dictatorship. Sure. But the dictatorship's goal yeah. is not to accumulate more power for the dictator. Yeah. Uh, the dictatorship's goal is sure. to save this the planet. This is very ideal, but okay. This is, that's right. Yeah. But uh, since we're making up a fiction, we're making sure, up a sure. fiction. Representative democracy is also a fiction to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the the goal of the dictatorship is uh, to to uh, stop climate change because otherwise the world will die. Okay. So that's their goal. Sure. And that's their only goal. So you you bring in Thanos, and Thanos says, "Okay, we need to get rid of half the world's population." Right. And this is how we're going to do it. And so they lay out a plan for us to like. Sure, it could be population control. You're right. It like, could be something half of the world's that population. horrific. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It could be that. That is our expert. So now so we need to eliminate this amount of people. <laughs> yes. That's the so problem. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lottery. You know, we're gonna draw numbers. You're being too fair. <laughs> it's just like that's the thing. Like, so a, even worse though is it's gonna be like eugenics. It's gonna yeah, be like yeah. we need to get rid of these people who are useless. Right. So we're gonna get rid of this class of people from the world. Sure. To make this you know. That would be the negative. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it just feels like a weird idea that you put someone. Well, it's one of know, those. With, it's one of those weird ideas where you just go, "Well, uh, climate change is almost to the point of no return." Yeah. What? Ooh, what else would work? Because we got to think of something, or we're going to die. Yeah. So, mm, put someone in charge who has like absolute power over this one topic because. Uh, the other way isn't working because people will always make it political and they will always stop it from working and then we will die. Sure. Sure. What do you do? Do you, do you, do you go like, wait, What would you, know? you say if they said, okay, we're going to get rid of all forms of power uh, production except for nuclear reactors, which are the cleanest, most mm-hmm. efficient way to create power? Right. You know, so we're going to get rid of hydroelectric dams, incredibly environmentally destructive, coal... Right. Destructive to the atmosphere. Right. Uh, get rid of wind farms and stuff like that because they and, hurt and birds. And you were to say, and yeah, the argument would be okay. <laughs> and so, like, they're going to do that. That yeah. seems incredibly extreme. Yeah. And it's that, or the world ends. Yeah. Yeah. Then so you have to kind of go with that idea. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Over over the world ending. Yeah. I just wonder, like, how people would feel about those sort of like sweeping giant changes that are necessary. For us to move forward. Well, how do people feel in dictatorships? <laughs> they did not enjoy it. Probably don't enjoy it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not for it. I don't yeah. think it's a good way to go. The dictatorship of but the But I, I can make an argument for it, yeah. even though I don't agree with it. Yeah. I just like, think unfettered control is a bad bad thing to give well, you to got humans. Like, okay, take something like, say you have, and this will probably never happen, but a global pandemic. Yeah. So you got a global pandemic. <laughs> okay. And yeah. then you... Uh, yeah, I have to elect leaders that believe the the pandemic is real. Sure. Unfortunately, whoops, you didn't. You you elected someone who thinks it's fake. It's a fakey, and uh, and and has political reasons to ignore it. 
And so they ignore it to the point where, you know, it spreads and spreads and spreads. Mm-hmm. The other option would be, uh, you know, uh, you have a leader yeah. when it comes to all things medical. Yeah. Uh, so when a pandemic shows up. Yeah. Okay. Now we flip the switch. That person's in charge because yeah. there's a pandemic. Sure. And they basically tell you what to do. You're all, you're all in the damn house. Yeah. You're not leaving uh, for this amount of time. And you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And you don't have to run it by a leader who's who's got political reasons behind what they say and do. Sure. And wants to be elected in like two years or yeah. a year or what have you. So, you know, uh, then you don't have the pandemic and then a million people don't die. You know? Maybe there's an argument to be made for that is like a, a good system to when an emergency happens, you throw it to the person who's an expert on yeah. the emergency and they take care of it. Sure. I guess it would work. When there's a fire, you let the firefighters uh, <laughs> go and you don't have a vote on uh, what floors you're going to sure. start hosing down. Sure. Yeah. But we have a system that pr- provides firefighters. Yeah. But we don't have know. a system really for something like. A pandemic, like if 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 you had a system for the fire, where before you sent the firefighters yeah. out, uh, the mayor could go. I don't know if I believe fire exists. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people make false alarms. Yeah, and we listen before we send the firefighters out. Sure, we gotta really determine if this is a fire. Mm-hmm. And by the time they get through all that shit, uh, the buildings burn down. So mm, you know, uh, you gotta like throw it over to the firefighters. And they're in charge yeah. until the fire's out. And no one is going to go up to the firefighters and, and throw in their opinions and go, you know what I think? Yeah. It's like, nope, firefighters are going to just do the fire. So your out. your issue is with representational democracy because the mayor is representing the opinions of the people that he has been elected by. And so if they think that there's that the pandemic is not real, then he said the, the pandemic is not real. Or if they say the fire is not real... And he says the fire is not If real. the system worked like it was supposed to work, that yeah. would be true. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't. In which way? In what way is that uh, you will sometimes get a leader who is not representing the people. Sure. But just uh, their f- complete goal is to represent themselves and their own needs. Yeah. And then when an emergency happens... Sure. Uh, we're all fucked. Yeah, but I mean that same thing could happen in a in a technocratic How so? system as well. That a person could be put in power. Yeah. For a particular goal, let's say the pandemic. Yeah. But actually, what they want to really do is feather their own nest and promote their own friends and create a system that if there's a way them. of proving that they are the most competent uh, and uh, the 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 biggest expert in their sure. field. Yeah. Uh, and that is the criteria yeah. that you use. Sure. Then maybe maybe you could. Uh, you could still could end up with a person who is not. You could honest, be. You know. You could be, but not problem. honest. But like, yeah. if that person who's not on. Okay, but here's the thing: if the person is not honest, mm-hmm. and they then are doing things that are not benefiting society. Yeah. Right. They're not benefiting society because they sure. are feathering their own nest. Yeah. So who's taking them out of power? The person. Oh no no. There's a system in place for that. Oh, okay. Which is. They can be challenged by There's someone. There's the dictatorship who, above them. That no, it's not a dictatorship. Oh, okay. No, no. How are they, they being chosen? They, then? they are chosen by. They are the uh, biggest expert on in their field. Yeah. If there is someone who can then prove, look, I know more than they do, and I can prove factually yeah. that I know more than they do. Yeah. And I so that makes me the 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 expert on the field more so than this person. Uh-huh. Now, the way that this person who you say is corrupt fails yeah. is. 
They are doing things that benefit themselves. They sure. are not doing things that are benefiting society. Yeah. As someone who is the expert, I can prove that. And if you prove that, that person's out. Done. Mm. Okay. They were feathering their own nest. Fuck you. You're out. <laughs> now this person is in charge yeah. because they have proven sure. uh, to like a panel of other experts in the field. Okay. You're correct. That person was not doing stuff to benefit uh, the the country, the world. They were doing stuff to benefit themselves. They're out. Uh, because that is not their job. Their job sure. is to be the greatest expert in their field and what have you. Yeah. Now, the argument you, you could make with that is, I'm the greatest expert in my field, and I think the best thing for this scenario is for me to feather my own nest. <laughs> because that makes me happy, and yeah. so I'm even better at my job, sure. and I will benefit you. There's a possible argument to be made in that in that capacity, yeah. as long as no one comes up and like you know proves that they're smarter than me in robotics yeah. or what have yeah. you. Mm. I, it's very, it's very much up high in the sky, I think, but uh, mm-hmm. interesting nonetheless. But what was most interesting to me about it oh, was that it was such a cute little building that just, <laughs> that just sat there for years and years with this technocrat stuff on Wouldn't it. Did you think it would have good technology in it? Like it would just be no, it was like the computers? oldest building. I mean, I never saw inside it. Mm. Like now, it's been sold. I guess the person who owned it for all the, that time passed away, and their and their uh, their heirs, you know, sold the building, and so I think it's. It was bought by a daycare, but I've never seen it made yeah, into a daycare like either. A, an Elon Musk not uh, part of technocracy or whatever. Feels like start that shit up. Do the you know? Feels like that's how you take over the damn world. Well, because he wants to feather his own nest. He's not interested in that's helping true. you. <laughs> that's true. That's not his bag. Okay. That's not his bag. I mean, his thing is like make sure that my the stocks for my company are overvalued by one thousand percent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Like it's just, it seems it seems crazy to me that you know Elon Musk's company like sells like what a th- like three percent to what like GM sells and yet his his stocks are worth like ten times or more what GM stocks are right. are valued at it's it's crazy but. yeah I know there was a again billionaires not not the best uh, <laughs> there was a, that uh, Mark Cuban thing like in the last little while you heard about that I have not. Basically, he's like uh, bought all these drugs and is uh, selling them for like nickels now. Well, good like, for all him. These really super expensive. Yeah. Drugs. Well, he, you know, there are some people who are yeah. nice, and Mark Cuban has done other things that are nice. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's he's the Mark also Mark Cuban cost plus drug company. He basically sells these drugs at cost. Cool. That uh, everyone else has been making like huge profits on. And cool. Blah 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 blah. No middlemen. No price games. Just a bunch of drug savings. Uh, yeah, there's all these drugs here that like, there's one drug that sold for like $2,500 mm. and is like 14 bucks. Cool. Good so for a, lot him. Of, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And the generic, uh, form of Prozac, uh, retail price for that was 22 bucks, uh, three bucks. Hmm. So get yourself some, uh, Prozac. <laughs> it's real good. It's real good for you. Yep. <laughs> Pop it. Enjoy it. <laughs> do what you're going to do what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to be a billionaire? Do I want to be a billionaire? Yeah. Would you like to be a billionaire? Sounds, it seems like it's a lot of work. You can have any amount of money. What amount of money do you want? I guess my 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 imagined ideal is like one of those super high amounts that they have in for lot for the lottery. Like so, like sixty million or seventy million, like sixty that? million. Yeah, yeah. Like that feels like a, a amount of money that you you don't have to worry about anything. I'd say seventeen million. Seventeen million. Seven... That seems too little. Like I would want money. How so? Because I want would I would want money that I could give away to people. Ooh, that's a tough one though. Do people like getting money? I know I, it seems like they do. I think I know it seems like they do. Do they? I don't know. Ah. I don't. I, how many people like if you're like uh, on your hands? How many people are you giving money to? 
Like, you don't have to say their names, but like, how many people are you individually giving money to? That's a good question. Because it would be tricky in some ways. Yeah. To give money. It's not, not tricky, like, would they take the money? I hope that they would. It's not like I would, wouldn't give them a ton, a five yeah. bucks. What, five bucks? Yeah, five bucks. That's oh, yeah, I give them a fiver. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking like... Uh, I have $70 a, million. It's a birthday card. I have $70 million. You're putting five bucks yeah, in yeah. a birthday card for... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, well, that's fine. fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's good. Because, you know, I have $70 million and it's yeah. fine. I can give away $5. Sure. Yeah, and loonies. <laughs> no, it's more than that I was thinking. But, no, I, you know... Yeah, and how much do you give to each person? Like, what's what's an amount that's not weird? Well, any amount's weird. But, but there's some amounts that are I weird. Would, I would want to give enough money that it's like... You know, this will help you in a big way uh-huh. to go through life. But I wouldn't want to give so much that they have to that they feel like, oh, I can retire now or whatever. Because that would feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like you're making a judgment. On you're their like life. changing their life in That's some way. Thing. That's the thing I wouldn't want to do. It's very difficult. It's like to give money to someone. Yeah. You're making a judgment on their life. Do you? You know, the 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 initial idea. You know that all the mums I know have is yeah. buy their kid a house. That's yeah, the yeah. thing. You want to buy their kid a house. Once you got a house, you're uh, you're all right. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, you give any more money that, like, do you, yeah, do you? You've now they've retired. Yeah, they want to now, ruin their life. Now though. they've yeah. stopped working. Yeah, and no wonder. Oh, they how's have. their relationship now? Yeah, yeah, great yeah. with them around the house all day. Or, <laughs> you know, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, say they don't have the wherewithal to, you know, uh, to to relax and sure. You know, oh, you think you can relax, mm-hmm. but they can't relax. What well, what's what's great about you that you sure. understand? I would prefer like a hand up kind of. Uh, gift like not this to sort of say you know here's the starter here's a something that'll get you ahead and then what happens when they come back because they're going to <laughs> they're going to right i guess so because you've given them money i guess that's it they they haven't and again i'm not being uh, johnny capitalist here but like probably if you give them money they will buy the thing and then the maintenance of that thing will become its own burden yeah and then when they can't pay for that thing mm. for taxes or whatever yeah They'll come back to you. And then how often do you, uh, <laughs> are you now responsible for that? Because really you set them on this path. Sure. I guess they you're would right. not be in this mess without you. Mm. What are they, what are they, what are they? Well, way to ruin my dreams of I generosity. I know it's a tough one. It's a fucking tough one. That's why I'm thinking like 17, 17 million. Yeah. It's like 17 million. You get a decent house for yourself. Sure. You get a decent house for yourself. And now you can also travel mm-hmm. if you want. And I think traveling is a big part of, of 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 things yeah uh probably can publish things if i want to publish things or you know put together a pilot if i want to get put together a pilot yeah and then there's certain family members that i would want to give a hand to yeah to help to complete whatever goals they have yeah of you know home ownership or what have you yeah. or you know uh give them give them some some fun money to like and go go traveling or what have you or what you know do yeah. do what you're gonna do and then the rest of it's just like or this rest of the money is going into you know the bank to you know just be safe and you know if there's an emergency there's an emergency we deal with it we deal with it but we've got that comfort of like okay we'll always be able to pay the taxes we'll always be able to pay the basics we're not going to go hungry okay <laughs> yeah. seventeen million I think probably we're going to be okay until you know something terrible happens yeah I mean. It's all, once again, pie in the sky. It's all this like, yeah. it's all imaginary fun money. So. It is imaginary fun money. But it also depends whether or not you have won the money or earned the money. If you've done yeah. something that like conceivably you could keep making money, mm. that's a different beast. <laughs> than if you've won the lottery yeah. money. It's just yeah. one time. It's hard to imagine running through $60 million. Maybe, maybe you can. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you can. Let me 
let me try it. I'll just see. I'll sure, let you know. sure. I'll let you know what happens. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Most people that win the lottery, it's not a happy story by mm. the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's because no one's used to it. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, you you know, you usually burn through your first money uh, because you don't know how to save yeah, it. That's true. You want to you you treat it like money that's like less money and that's not what money is it's more money is a different beast than <laughs> less money and that sounds like a weird thing to say but like you're like well you know if i would give away half my money to my family yeah then i would give away half my money with it and it's a different very 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 different and you know it can really fuck people up yeah really really bad i don't know but yeah i know it sounds like it's uh it would be a nice thing <laughs> you really have to then like uh think <clears throat> what you want what do you want? Do you want comfort? Do you want uh, experiences? Do you want to create things? Uh, what do you want? Do you want to do charity work? Yeah. Like what? what is the thing that you would want to do if you had power? And then that line of thinking, of course, then leads you to, wait, I could probably do some of those things now. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, it's just, it's, it's aligning what your values are. Yeah. 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 When you have options. Lisa got... Got a letter in the mail the other day uh, from the teachers' union. But the spelling was great. <laughs> the spelling was great. Uh, telling her when she can retire. Like her optimal retirement date. Okay. Because the way the plan works, the teacher's pension plan works, is that you reach a particular point in your career where if you keep on working, you're not going to make any more to your, add any more to your pension necessarily. Like you've capped you've capped out your pension this is what you're going to earn okay. so even if you work two more years you're not going to get a better pension than if okay. you just you can keep on working if you you know if you have debt or whatever and you need to pay that off you can continue to work but if you feel like you're ready then you can retire and then you can begin to live off of your sure. savings and, and your your pension plan and whatnot and your mutual funds or whatever you've done and so yeah so hers is november 1st next year okay it's her optimal so it's up to her that is short notice to it's, tell someone it that, is. right? I mean, they have informed other times, but the thing is, is because it's basically a pyramid scheme where the base of the pyramid supports the top of the pyramid, right. it can change depending on how many people are at the base of the pyramid when you can leave. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so if there's more people in the bottom... That will allow for more people to retire earlier, right? Because there's more support. Now, it's the situation. And again, I don't, you know, and it's none of my business. Tell me, uh, hey, none of your business. Yeah, none of your um, business. But uh, so you're a teacher, and you've been working for you know decades. Me? Well, I, okay, well I, I'm say, not a teacher. There's but... a fictional teacher. Oh, that okay. I'm going to come up with. Yeah, sure, sure. And that name is uh, Felipe Hernandez. <laughs> so Felipe Hernandez. Okay. Hernandez. Hernandez. Uh, he prefers if you call him Hernandez like that. Uh, Felipe, yes, uh, I know him well, so I can call him Felipe. But sure. you should call him Mr. Hernandez. I'll call him Senor Hernandez. Sen- well, well, we're in Canada. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was a Spanish teacher. Senior. I thought he was a Spanish teacher. Why is he the Spanish? He's the math teacher. Oh, for I'm, crying sorry. Out loud. I'm sorry. Oh, because he's Spanish. Yes. He has to teach. Yeah. Spa- uh, okay, Makes sense to whatever. me. Whatever. You know what? <laughs> yep. Felipe left the room. <laughs> I'll send a letter apologizing later. Sarah Johnson just walked in. Sarah Johnson. Yeah. Okay. I hope you're okay with her. What do you think she teaches? Women's studies? I think home ec. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, well, both jokes were sexist, so <laughs> we'll have to uh, Please go put to a philosophy class so we can... and determine which is uh, more sexist. Welcome to our sitcom. I feel bad about all of this. <laughs> anyway, she's been working for about 20 years Yes, as a teacher. Um, uh-huh. is she, I assume she's getting paid more than someone that just started working as a teacher. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So when she retires, yeah. is she replaced by a teacher that is being paid less? Yeah. And so that benefits the system because they don't have to pay as much. Is that correct? So, you know, they want to get teacher who's getting paid more. Get out of here. But it's not, it's not the, it's not the school, uh, it's not the, the, um, School district that runs the pension plan that is purely okay. the teachers union. So no, they're, I'm not they're about not the, together at all. I'm not even they're talking not even, about the pension plan. I'm just, calling, I'm just talking about like you know, uh, it, she will be replaced by a teacher that will be being paid less, sure, salary wise, sure. So it is to the benefit of the of the I, district. I mean, I guess there's a you lose experience, you lose you lose ability, you make profit. Well, profit, it's, profit, it's not a profit. It's not a per profits thing. I mean, they no. They, but there is the, the, now more money in the kitty. Sure, but the money isn't going into the pockets of the school board. No, where's the money? Well, it just gets swallowed up in the school ah, system. I bet it does. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So all that money, you got to get to go somewhere. Right? A little, uh, someone's beak <laughs> they get, getting they wet. Get, they need to get an expert in there, an yeah, educational expert, expert in there yeah, to run know, it all. Yeah, getting the beak wet. Nice. <laughs> get some Freemasons in there. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they sure do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, I mean, we were talking about it. Uh, with the girls the other night, and they're like, "So, are you going to retire then?" And Lisa was like, "Well, we'll see. We'll see where, where our lives are right. at that point." You know, if Dave hasn't got us into more debt, but well, you know, what would you say is your ideal retirement age? Uh, well, I've always said this, and I'll stick by it until I'm dead, which is that I am on the Freedom Ninety Five plan. Okay, and so I think that I will, in order for me to survive, like to have like any sort of money. Right. I will need to work until I'm 95. Right. Because I have been so very careful at not saving any money or putting anything away or in any way thinking of the future mm -hmm. that I've put myself in the enviable position of having to work until I can barely Maybe stand. Maybe the smart thing. There might not be a future. So, you know what? You, you know may what? have been the smart guy. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't know. As I can walk out my front door. And go, ha ha. And you're pointing <laughs> at the people with their right. RSPs. That's right. You idiots. Yeah. I could walk out hey, the front door of my house and get hit by a bus. I don't know why that bus is there in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, why the fuck is a bus in a cul-de-sac? <laughs> it doesn't even have a bus that's route. That's a dumb move. How's the bus turning around? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a terrible that's why he bus hit me. route. That's why he hit me. He I drove need, up on I, the lawn. I need to have a word with TransLink in your neighborhood. That, that doesn't make a lot, any sense <laughs> at all. It's a terrible bus route. I don't know why they put it through our cul-de-sac. Okay. I know that it goes through the it's supposed to go through. That's so the, bus the, driver that's the problem. Has to turn around and go back out. Good, and, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, but it's a. It it's sounds very like dangerous. he's driving through a yard. It's very. You dangerous. know, if he's going through the cul-de-sac, it's only gotten more dangerous through the years. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, I'm sorry. About we've that. lost. We've lost more kids that way. Yeah. Not not through any accidents or anything. They just get on the bus and they yeah, never, and we it never goes see to nowhere. Them. We don't know where they've gone. Yeah, after it that. drives into the woods, and then that's the end of that. And you just hear an owl hoot, and then they're gone forever, Pied Piper style. Give a hoot. It's creepier if they go into the woods, you hear an owl hoot, and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. That's creepier. Ooh. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's the end. Woohoo. Woohoo. Took the kids away. Yeah, I don't have any uh, thoughts of retirement. That seems uh, not like a thing. I guess that's one of the things, too. <laughs> even though I get my discount at uh, Denny's yes. as a senior. You're officially a senior citizen now. <laughs> It's nice. It's a good feeling. Good. We're gonna have to check you for your hair, sir. All right. Feeling There's your know you're alive. Um, yeah. yeah. The the idea of like, and of course, at sixty five, you retire. <laughs> it's just funny. Like yeah. it's like, oh, you retire? No, no. What are you What are you talking about? That's uh, bananas. Well, it is. I mean, especially if if you're people like us to sort of define even our leisure <laughs> activities as, as as also kind of work related. Mm. It has elements of work to it as well, so it just seems weird that you would 
you'd want to like stop doing things that were fun because you're, oh, no, I'm retired now. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's all relaxing for me. I'm just going to put my feet up and not do anything. Well, that sounds kind of boring. Um, yeah, how do you do nothing? Well, I mean, when 65 was originally made the retirement age, right. it was made that age because most men live to about 59. And so 65 was like a good, a good age yeah. for retirement. Now and that, if you made it to 69, they'd say, nice. They'd say, <laughs> they, they always would go, hoo-hoo. <laughs> and so, you know, now that we live to be much older, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot more, a lot more difficult, you know, like for, like for people who are retired. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, we're, we're fine, but I, I would, I have no idea, like, what trying to survive post-working would be like for us you know like i think a fixed income as it's called and those sort of things because fixed income is i guess that's a word for it but really you're just like slowly depleting whatever savings that you've you've uh you know gathered throughout your your life i mean the first thing that came to my mind is because i know you've got two horses right yes so i'm like uh well it sounds like Mm -hmm. and i'll just throw this out to you do you have three? Is it more than two we horses? We have two horses, yeah. Two horses, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can sort of ride a horse a little bit. Yep. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I would say that I can't at all, but... Uh, okay. But I'm just going to throw this out. I was and, pretty good in my 20s, but... And again, so. again, I'm just... Again, you know, I'm I'm spitting balls here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this to you. Yep. Yeah. And keep this under your hat. Don't tell anyone. I will not But I think because you got the two horses, you might yes. be able to pull this off. Okay. Train robbers. <laughs> I was just gonna, now let me. I'm let glad me I didn't say, interrupt you because that was my thought too. Well, your thought was. I know that's the yeah, first yeah. thing that comes to mind. No, it's a good it's idea. Like we have trains that go by. We do have trains, and they go by at a reasonable speed. Sure. And here's the thing about yeah. about the trains. Yeah. Is uh, people don't expect train robbers. They don't, and like endless supply of coal, basically. Bam. There. Either there's that or wheat. If it's coming from right. If it's coming. If it's going west. Right. Wheat. If it's going east, coal. Right. And uh, that's pretty good. Although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when it's going west, because it is going to the coal port, right, to get put onto ships to be taken to other places where it will pollute their their environment instead of ours. Now let me also throw out, yeah. you know, don't be afraid of an Amtrak train because oh, passenger train, passenger train, it be- goes really slowly, through real Whitebrook. slow, super really slow. Slowly. So you could probably just like trot yeah. next to yeah, the yeah. thing, knock on the windows, train robbery. Like what, uh, honey? It's train robbery. Oh okay. damn. Okay, what do we got? And then go through the pockets. What you got to get is yourself one of those square uh, readers, one of those square readers, okay. and get that on your phone, yeah. and then people can then use their cards and just go, boop, and you ask them, do you want a receipt? And they go like, no, it's a robbery. I'm not going to write this <laughs> off. Like, okay. So uh, do I sign for anything? No. You just, it just boop. Yeah. Boop. And then, and then you rob them that way. Yeah. Now, sure. uh, say that's not working out great. Okay. Uh, and your whole thing is like, well, we're, we're, we're hungry. Mm. Uh, you go to the food car and you get some cheese sandwiches and oh, that's some a good idea. Uh, ham sandwiches and just load up okay. and then take those, put them in a bag. And then so is the off. train still going or have I stopped it somehow? Cause I was thinking if I put a, it's going slow enough. It's if irrelevant. I put a, put a quarter on the track, I could derail the train. Oh, Johnny made it money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you got to spend money to make money. They say. Exactly. And I would get a flat quarter out of it, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, I think you can just like ride the horses next to the train, get off. Yeah. Then let's let the let the horse keep. You don't know how slow our horses train. are, but yeah, yeah. What's that? I said you don't know how slow our horses are. I know are. how slow an Amtrak is. Okay. 
So I'm going to bet that your horses will be able to keep pace. <laughs> yeah, they do. They are required to go really slowly through populated areas. Yeah, I would say like especially White Rock. When you have a weirdly placed railway line that's between a road and a beach. Yes. You got to go slow. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Now, the nice thing about that too is. Sure. So you rob a train. Yeah. You get your cheese sandwiches. Okay. And, and a couple of bucks. Loving this plan. Right. Yeah. The train keeps going. Don't okay. do the quarter thing. Let it just nope. keep going. Yeah. Uh, tie up the horses. Go to the beach. Have a nice night on the beach. Maybe That's go right. do a little crabbing. You don't think we should maybe try to outrun the police or anything? What do the police care? <laughs> well, we robbed the train. Here's what happens. Yeah. Ring, ring. Hi, 911. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a train robbery. Sure. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to believe that. They're not going to take it seriously. No one's going to take it seriously. What if, what if the mayor of White Rock phoned up? Okay. All right. Here we go. This is the mayor of White Rock. Hello, 911. This is a train robbery. Well, first of all, your voice sounds ridiculous. You're clearly not the real mayor. And I don't believe there's a train robbery. Those are are all good. Those are well, those are good points. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you've had some nice crabs. Yeah. You're uh, bringing a big pot. Sure. Just like boil some crabs. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's a nice night at the beach. Sounds great. And then you get arrested because you have a fire on the beach. Dumbass. That was your mistake. <laughs> that was our mistake. Should have looked at the local <laughs> yeah, regulations. That's right. There probably was a that's sign. A classic, this is the law mistake. Yeah, yeah. And then we had animals on the beach as well with our horses. You know Double what? in trouble. Okay, but here's what you do with that. Double trouble. Yep. You can't bring a horse on the beach. Fair enough. We all know that. Okay. After the robbery. You actually can bring a horse on the beach, but that's okay. Okay, but here's what you want to do. Yep. After the robbery, uh, paint the horses like zebras. So zebras can go on the beach. No law against it. Find me the no zebra on the beach law. <laughs> Find me a sign sure, sure. that says no zebras on the beach. You're right. No, no, you're right. Find me that sign. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah. And then someone goes like, show me. And like, you're right. And you know what you do then? <laughs> yeah. And listen. Yeah, you beat it on a technicality. I'll tell you what you do. There's nothing better than legalisms. Here's, here's, yeah. I, and I, I'm going to put a cherry on this fucking Sunday. Okay. And you're going to go, thank you, Ian. Yeah. This is perfect. Okay. When the when the person comes out and goes, you know, uh, there there must be a law against it. Yeah, uh, I know Jay Brizzo. Okay, Jay Brizzo. You know Jay Brizzo, the actor. Yep. Okay, Jay Brizzo, the actor, of course, uh, most famous for uh, like he's done a wonder some wonderful movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like also, he is known as the guy in Airbud who goes, "Ain't no rules," says a, a dog can't play basketball. Okay, he will come out dressed as that referee. Okay. with a little book. Yeah. And and he will come out and he will say out loud, yeah. "There's no rule." Yeah. Says a zebra can't be on the beach. And then uh, and then he will close the book and everyone will go, "Was that the guy from Airbud?" It's mm-hmm. like it was, and they'll all be so dazzled, yeah, that no one's gonna want to like arrest you. No, that'd be silly. That's fantastic. And if 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 for some reason they say uh, uh, not good enough, mm-hmm. then you get the zebra because uh, you got two of them. Sure, yeah, to play volleyball on the beach. Oh. And then you add a sports element. Do you play uh, Boys of Summer? Yes. Okay. Of course you do. So they're... Why are you even asking? I don't know. That's I was, a dumb question. I wanted to know if I don't sh- want to say there's any dumb questions, but that's a dumb question, of course. And how you play <laughs> basketball, you got to play Boys of Summer. No, volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? You said basketball the second time. Yeah, that was dumb of me. No, I'm, I'm not going to criticize drunk. you. Like you. I'm drunk as hell. Like you criticize me, I'm not going to criticize you. I you you jumped down my throat. Thank you. Anyway, this long, is a simple question. Long story short. Yeah. Uh, Are those zebras shirtless while they're playing... Uh, Volleyball. What did you put a shirt on a damn zebra? First of all, well, you first, painted a zebra, listen, buddy. and then you covered up all your hard work with a shirt. <laughs> they, they are. A what ze- are you putting on them? Garanimals? Because if the <laughs> if the if the law came 
And the, the zebras weren't wearing a shirt, preferably a sweater. They would know that they weren't zebras because they are warm. They're like, they live in like warm places. They're not used to the cold here. Right. You know, it would automatically, the guy would look at them and say, well, how come your zebras don't have sweaters on them? If they're zebras, they would be cold because they're from Africa, which yeah. is like well known for being hot. Right. I think you'd play the race card at that point. Which is their racehorses. They're racehorses and also they're yeah. black and white, so go either way with that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So sing, get uh, Paul McCartney yep. and Stevie Wonder yep. to perform with the zebras. Yeah. The song Ebony and... Oh, it's Michael Jackson. Sorry, Michael Jackson. No. Oh, was, it, was it Stevie Wonder? You think it's Say, Say, Say. Oh, I'm thinking Say, Say, Say. Oh, the girl. Okay, sorry. Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney. Ebony who, and Ivory. To be fair, are both still alive. So I'll get them to come out. Yes, of course they're still alive. Well, I, I could have performed. I don't want to... Were you going to bring a corpse? You're going to no. weaken at Bernie's? Desk? I was thinking a hologram. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But no, this I won't, don't need a hologram because they're both still alive. So I get both of them. Right. Stevie Wonder. You could get Jim and Paul and McCartney. Holograms. I could get Jim and the holograms, but they did not do. They did say, 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 but they did not do They'll Black. Do they did not do Ebony and Ivory. So I will get them out. They'll do that song. I'm so pretty sure that uh, Michael Jackson sang Ebony and Ivory with uh, Mike, Paul McCartney. I could be wrong, though, because really. Yeah, I didn't pay any attention to what was happening. I just know it from that world the parody that they did with uh, Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Oh, and uh, and Eddie Murphy played Stevie Wonder, and that, Joe Piscopo that played is a, Frank Sinatra. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, what are you making that face for? Oof. no, I was just looking. At, I made the mistake of looking up Jim and the holograms and uh, racism. There's some sad stories. Anyway, um, so <laughs> anyway, long story short, be yeah. a bank robber, uh, get some zebras, yeah, uh, hire Jay Brazo, yeah. Uh, you could even get him to just do it in cameo sure. form. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. That'd be fine. Uh, put some shirts on those zebras. Yes. Teach them how to play volleyball. Yeah, and uh, have some cheese sandwiches and crabs. And be kind to holograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that goes without saying, but I felt like maybe we just needed to highlight that. Yeah, and that's the retirement plan. That's my retirement plan. Well, you know. By the way, dress as the gray that, fox when you do it. That okay? Uh, that's right. I have to dress up as uh, Richard Farnsworth. And uh, good, I t- you good, know what? That good, sounds way easier. That sounds way easier than working. Of course, I know who he was. He was on at the best Anne of Green Gables. Mm-hmm. The only Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, but who was he playing on Anne of Green Gables? No, no. Who was he playing as the the gray fox? Oh, the the gray fox. It was some guy. Uh, Billy uh, Billy Miner. Yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! You know why that I rem- gives you a good excuse to eat Billy Miner pie. Do you know why I remember all that information? Is because I. Remember the review on uh, at the movies with Siskel and Ebert. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they really liked that movie, and that's why I wanted to see it. And I did see it later on because I rented it on home video. Nice. Yes. Do you know eighty percent of uh, Google users like the film? Eighty percent of Google users like it. Eighty-seven percent. Eighty-seven percent. Wow. Well, what about dentists? What a three out of five dentists like it? Yeah, and then the fifth dentist. Why didn't they? Uh, why didn't they? What were they against? Oh, I don't know. What were they against? Uh, well, uh, four out of five dentists yes. recommend sugar-free gum for yeah. their patients. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth dentist yes. went, don't chew gum. Okay. He wasn't pro-sugar. Yeah. He was just like, don't have gum at all. Oh, okay. You shouldn't chew gum. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So I can't recommend sugar-free gum. I think you shouldn't have gum at all. That guy sounds like a dick. Wow. So later, <laughs> yes. because people figured that out, yeah. they went sugar-free gum for their patients who chew gum. I see. So they fixed the fucking system. Yeah, and they yeah, found yeah. A, they found a way around yeah. it. But they don't say what the, the fifth jerks situation <laughs> was. Just an anti-gum weirdo. Wait, you know what? Actually, that makes sense. Okay. Four out of five dentists recommend sugar-free gum mm-hmm. for their patients who chew gum. Yeah. That is true. That is true. 
And the fifth guy yeah. says, don't chew gum. Yeah. So the way it sounds like, it sounds like of those four out of five, they're all talking about the patients who chew gum, but mm. they're not. Okay. They were just talking, first of all, about those four out of five dentists. Yeah. Now we've added another guy to the mix. Sure. Another opinion. The ringer. And if he was a, it was a technocracy, and he was the best of the dentists, <laughs> he would just outlaw gum altogether. Outlaw gum. What a, what a wonderful world we live in. He'd be like a school in. teacher. Yeah. Well, at least it would, you know, make chiclet trees, chiclet trees, uh, they wouldn't be in such danger of uh, disappearing from the planet. Right. You know, so, well, got a point there. Can we go through an episode without you talking about chiclet trees? <laughs> chickle trees? <laughs> That'll never happen. <laughs> chickle trees and tickle trunks. Oh, yeah. I well, don't know why, but that was trending for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, this week. Only Canadians will get it. Yeah. I saw the tickle trunk once in person. Because you were at the... the Toronto CBC. Tr- the, oh, the CBC. So I thought there was like a... Is there a museum there or does it just have like a display? They have of a stuff? display in the lobby of... Uh, they have... Uh, they had uh, Friendly Giants uh, uh, Castle. Okay. They had behind... But like gla- the model. They had behind... Gla- well, no. It was what he stood in front of. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so the puppet theater kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Then they all. Then behind glass, they had the rocker for people who like to rock. <laughs> uh, and then they also had. Did they have the comfy chair who, for two who like to sit together to snuggle and snuggle. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Giant likes to watch. Yeah. He's just up He's... there going like, "Hey, you want some jazz? <laughs> Why are you sitting in that chair with a goat?" Uh, and then they would also they also had yes um, uh, friendly Mr. Dressup's treehouse or Casey and Finnegan's yes treehouse. Casey Finnegan's treehouse of course and then they would well known fact that's where Casey and Finnegan lived that's right and they had yeah it's weird they wouldn't let them in the house <laughs> like I can under- well, I can understand that they wouldn't let the dog in the that's house that's a problem and then Casey said without I, dog. and me or not none of us yeah. Mr. Dressup you're living said, in the you're living in the tree you're living in the treehouse. Like an ape. Get out. And so... I mean, it was nicer than that. I cast the out. It was nicer than that. Out of Eden you go. All right. And then, uh, and then yeah, they, so they had the tree mm-hmm. uh, house. And then they also had the tickle trunk. And I don't remember if the tickle trunk was behind glass or what have you, but it was there. Yeah. So you could see it. Yeah. And it was like, wow. It's very impressive. That's cool. Did they have the cool. puppets there, like Casey or Endor? This Finnegan? is a very good question. I don't think so. Okay, because I, I think the puppets belong to the puppeteer. Yes, uh, but the sets belong to the CBC. Yes, and there lies the difference. I don't know. I thought they were in display somewhere, but maybe that's like maybe there's like a Canadian television museum or something. Possibly that's changed because this was in the nineties. Oh, nineties. I, well. I believe in the nineties. I think wasn't Mr. Desmond still on then? How did they have no, a tickle? This trunk? is a very good question. Let's look the, up when Mr. Dressup. It seems to me that when the girls were 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 young, it was after the Mr. Dressup show. Very young. Oh, they, it could have also been. Yeah, they they did change the uh, the puppets. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It was the final episode was like ninety six. So I think I did see it a little after that. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I guess the girls probably. Maybe I'm mixed up because that seems like there's no way the girls would have been old enough to watch. Or at least Mary, Mary Mary could have watched a bit. But. Friendly Giant wrapped up. In uh, 85. Wow. Yeah. Early one morning. That's the song that plays at first. Yeah. I remember when I was in in elementary school, we were visited by some some museum, by some musicians. Sorry, we were visited by a museum. Visited by a roaming museum. (laughs) No, it was musicians. And uh, it was actually a pack of animals. And they were terrible. Wow. They said, we're from Bremen Town. Oh. No. Um, 
it was, but the, during the concert, they're like, oh, we're going to play a song for you and see if you recognize it. And they played that song. And of course, everyone was very excited because it was the Friendly Giant theme yeah, song. Everyone went, uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's a song <laughs> that turns Spike into a murderous uh, vampire. Is that, is this also for used for that? Yeah. Early that was morning a song that was his trigger song. Oh, okay. And then he would go on a killing spree. Oh, I see. And every Canadian that watched that episode went, hey! <laughs> hey, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. How do you do that to the Friendly Giant's theme? Mm-hmm. Early one morning, just as the sun was rising, I heard a young maid sing in the valley below. That's how it goes. Hmm? What did she say? Oh, don't deceive me. Oh, never leave me. How could you use a poor maiden so? Common theme of that time. I did some hand stuff. You did some mouth stuff. We <laughs> did some stuff in that chair the giant has. <laughs> we used the rocking chair. Then a sheep walked in the room. He went, I'm from an earlier joke. Turned his back and left. <laughs> What's the sheep doing there? Huh. Then the giant said, I used to be a mason. <laughs> I keep some goats in a pen in the backyard. (laughs) Oh, gay is the garland. Fresh are the roses. I've called from the garden to place upon thy brow. Wow. So, enjoy uh, these uh, lovely roses on your brow. Ow! Oh, yeah. Didn't say it was a garland of roses, did she? Oh, gay is the garland, and fresh are the roses. Oh, okay. I've called from the garden to place upon... To place upon thy brow. Oh, wow. That's... So I would assume that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, but don't that's... be mistaken. Yeah. Those are not thorns no. on a rose. Okay. What are they? Uh, I'm not sure, but they're not thorns. They're not... Th- oh, you... They don't qualify as thorns by well, the definition of thorns. I see what you're saying. It and, is a mistake. And this song is that. this song is very clever, because what they're talking about is his prick. Ooh! Boing! Well, I never... <laughs> oh, my soul. It was also used mm-hmm. as the opening bars of the Radio 4 UK theme. Steelers. Yeah, but still definitely definitely Steelers. There you are. So now you know all these so- things about early one morning. <laughs> is it used in mm. Is it used in uh the Christmas Carol, the Elster Stern Christmas Carol? Or is that a different one? I am not getting any uh okay. uh, uh mention of that. Actually well, there's very little mention of things that's been used for uh on the Wikipedia page. Well then that's disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. It is also called Yeah. The Lamenting Maid. The Lamenting Maid. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And refers uh, to the lover leaving to become a sailor. Ugh. Oh, that's too bad. Maybe it's not his choice. Maybe he made the mistake of taking the uh, queen's shilling. Well, we've all made he, that mistake. Which they could sneak. They could sneak into the bottom of a of a beer glass, and if you didn't know it was there and drank from the beer, you were now a member of the navy. What? Yes. Yes. This is why they had glass bottom tankards. So people could look at the bottom and see if there was a coin there. Right. If there was, don't drink the beer. Okay. Because otherwise you were now a member of the Navy. Right. Which is crazy because you think that you'd want to have experienced people on your ships, but warm bodies also counted. So, you know, just, you just wanted people that could like move things or, you know, pull on ropes and things. They didn't have to know all, all the uh, ins and outs of being on a ship. So you would hide. Okay. So you would hide a shilling and that would be... How that would go. Okay, all right. That's interesting. Yeah, you also, uh, if you did not uh, properly copyright your uh, song, like, say, um, uh, Space Oddity, yeah. uh, then Peter Schilling could steal it and uh, That's uh, right. record it as Major Tom. Major Tom. Tom. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's uh, UK rules. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you've been taken by the Queen's Schilling. 
Yes. Yes. Because as, as as well known, Peter Schilling was in the employee. It was, it was an employee. I was going to say in the employee of the Queen. Yeah. Of Denmark. Okay. Mm. I don't know either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what I heard. This is what I read on the Wikipedia page about Peter Schilling. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I've long since uh, (laughs) forgotten. Listen, uh, Dave, I'm a senior citizen. Yes, and I get easily confused. Yes, yes. Uh, Easily confused. uh, Also, you get great deals. Oh, such great deals. Yes, that you can't I'm on my way to Shoppers Drug Mart right now to get a 15% off gum. (laughs) If only I could chew it with my old teeth. Well, so at what age are you considered to be a senior citizen by, by like, Starpress Drug Mart or whatever? 55. 55? Yep. Because I, oh. I was 48 yes. the first time I was asked, sir, uh, do you qualify for our seniors discount? Ouch. And, uh, ouch. <laughs> and I was like, just show me where the burn ointment is. That's what I need right now. And uh, the, yes. the, the clerk yeah. who said that. Yeah. Uh, I asked his body washed up at a beach. I, five I, I, days later. I, I asked her. I said, yeah, like, you yeah. know, uh, later because she asked me about. Yeah, I don't know, four times. Woo. And so about the fourth time, yes, I said, uh, I know you're supposed to ask that, but I come here quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I, I'd rather you didn't ask me that. You know, especially in front of people. Yeah, it feels bad. It yeah. makes me feel bad. Yeah, I'm like, well, sir, we uh, have to ask. That's uh, that's what we're required to do. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm just letting you know. That it hurts my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and I, well, uh, maybe that's just because you're too sensitive about your age. I'm like, hmm. But I'm not 55. And, and, I, and I said, no, I then said to, uh, I, I said to her, I am. That's why I said it hurt my feelings. I didn't say the policy was wrong. Yeah. I'm letting you know, and now you have the option to hurt my feelings or not. Yeah. Thank you for the product. Goodbye. <laughs> and I just didn't go back there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're too sensitive. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting thing for a clerk to say. It's a strange, Goodbye. Strange take. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I guess what they say is right. The customer is always old. <laughs> that is the worst expression in the world, by the customer way. Customer's always right? Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I wonder where that came from. We've all worked in retail. We know the customer is is never right. Yeah. And if they are right, it's the it's the stop clock uh theory and practice. Oh, there's a full quote. Okay. All right. There's actually more. So we've been getting like only a small part of this thing. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the customer is always right. That's at the origin of the phrase. It's a slogan from the early t- uh, 20th century. Marshall Field uh, in Chicago uh, came up with it. Idiot. And uh, uh, yeah, the original. Oh, sorry. It was actually originally a French uh, phrase. Okay. Which is le client ne jamais tort. The client is never wrong. That is correct. Okay. And so, but people remember it now as the customer is always right. Oh, okay. There we go. So, uh, so the full phrase sure. is the customer is always right, even if they aren't. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is the sad truth of it all, of course. Yes, that is true. The customer is always right, even when they're not. I went to a job interview yesterday. Yeah, you went to a job interview? I did. Well, I, um, my voice has gone up too. I know. I'm surprised uh, that you went there. Uh, and on the way to it, yes. I walked past my last retail job, which was uh, Granville Toy Company. Yes. And it was like, oh, yeah, this. Well, at least I'm not doing that. It's amazing and, that's still there. Yeah. It's amazing. That- yeah, it's still there. It's moved a little bit. And I was trying to, it's, it moved? it's moved like one 
one uh, kind of uh, place in the kids-only market over. Oh, okay. Because okay. Um, I remember I used to work in it, and I was trying to figure out the logistics of where things used to be because some things have moved around, some okay. things have not. Yeah. Like there's a giant elevator in the middle that's still there, mm. a lot of stuff that is still there. But like when I was working there, there was an arcade that was uh, like – across a small aisle and then up one floor but it was open air yes and uh there was a roadrunner game mm-hmm. and so every let's say 30 seconds maybe <laughs> maybe i remember that oh it was great i remember that That's it funny. was great that just drilled into your head just the <laughs> maybe also real fun game super hard not fun at all oh really oh, yeah. yeah uh Here's a question for you. What? Okay, well that I didn't realize that was the kids only market. It is. So I've been there, and there is a there is a like like a crafty there's scrapbook the shop there. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> that they could have that there, right? Not the porn. There's a scrapbook <laughs> place there that sells like rubber stamps and you know like complicated cutting things yeah, for I don't doing know that, is doing there crafting. Anymore, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Was there for a long? Was there? It's been a while since I was there. To be to mm-hmm. be fair. Because I don't, I don't really have kids anymore who want to go to kids stores. Right. But when we did, we would take them. When we went to Granville Island. We would go there. There's still the puppet shop. That's a surprise. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. With a lot of Christian puppets. That is odd. Your favorite Christian characters. One of them. <laughs> Wait, what is a Christian character? Like a character of the Bible? You mean? Yeah. Obscure biblical characters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's one, well, like, and I don't know. Jo- jump in Jehoshaphat would be one of them. Sure, if, okay. if you make him that. Uh, there's one that <laughs> uh, we use in the Critical Hit Show. That's um, one of our characters uh, spits Lubin. Yeah, it's a, a dirty sex joke. Uh, one of the main characters. Uh, it's his uh, dad who's a ghost. I see. And uh, and he looked a bit like a wizard. So mm, uh, good enough. Eric uh, uh, may use uses him for that. Yeah, and when I was was putting a show together uh for theater sports back in the day i got like two puppets uh for it. one that became its own show at theater sports which was mr kitty cat and <laughs> then uh, there was another character that uh nancy robertson did the voice of called monkey lady I and see. uh she made her way over to our tv show the 11th hour and uh, i don't know if that's copyright safe that we just used a puppet that was from a store uh but we did but like that's also whoever made that puppet yeah. made the same puppet that became triumph the insult comic dog because i remember that dog okay was one of the puppets that was like in the same batch as as these guys oh wow yeah but we already had a cat so we didn't want to get a dog no. we almost got they don't the get along dog. they don't get along very well yeah yeah it's a well-known fact puppet puppet dogs and puppet cats but i was trying out for a job as uh Artistic director of a uh, not artistic director, yeah, artistic director uh, for a, a theater company. Oh wow! Yeah. So I don't know. So you went and did an interview. Yeah. How do you feel it went? I think I'm the most qualified person for the job. Sure. I, I, that's and what I feel. Do we about live in a meritocracy? It. Well, I don't know. I mean, what are you arguing so vociferously for technocracy? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> well. I want a robot to do it. No, it's weird. It's like uh, <laughs> we, we, you need more emotion. Beep, barp. Yeah, it was it was a it was a company that uh, went through a big revolution uh, because they did some bad shit. Okay, and then uh, there was a big purge at the same time. Yeah. as uh, the pandemic, and then it was kind of slowly growing mm-hmm. back together. Mm-hmm. And I did a workshop for them a couple of months ago, okay. where I was trying to like help out by showing like how to design shows and how to do shows that will like highlight the special skills of the performers. Sure, and my general feeling that uh, the only way to have a company like that survive is to have the 
cast rotate in and out at least every five years because i think if you have uh, it's an improv company yes uh and if if they stay too long it becomes their forever home yeah and then uh, yeah, who are they keenan thompson yeah <laughs> that i think is more of a lauren michaels issue um <laughs> but uh, that's a longer story and one that can be discussed yeah um but uh yeah i think that you've got to you got to rotate people in and out so that they have an, an end goal and the goal isn't just to stay in the company for forever i see and you know because it's fun and it becomes a clubhouse and then when something's a clubhouse it can easily become toxic because new people that come in uh hey they're new and that's different and, and you know you've got no motivation for bringing new people in mm-hmm. so the cast stays the same and, yeah and, yeah. You know, that usually also means the cast stays very white you know it could uh, be that, but it, there's lack of innovation and yeah, this lack of innovation. Yeah. But like you will always like want to hang out with people that you know already. Mm-hmm. And so the yep. people that come in will also not be bringing, be able to bring in uh, a lot of their special skills because they will want to adjust to the environment that they're already in if they're coming in drips and drabs. Sure. Uh, so yeah, there's lots of things like that. So uh, well, I know there's something you're very passionate about. I am. The only thing that I'm not passionate about is, you know, a full time job. Working nine um, to five. Uh, well, it's not quite that, but <laughs> okay. it's not 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 that. Yeah. And uh, one of one of the things I don't like doing, and I I used to do it back in the day. Yeah. When I worked on like some television stuff. Yeah. Was you go in, you do your work. Yeah. And now you got to stay. <laughs> and like I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I've done my work. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, other people have to stay here and work, so you have to stay here and work. Sure. Oh, okay, but they're sure. not done their work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done my work. Yeah. Okay. So I've just got to hang out here like, you know, as as symbolism. Like it's just... I gotta, Yeah, it's kind of silly. Yeah, I got to be here. Okay. Yeah. This seems... I work fast. I'll get the thing done. Yeah. And then that's... I mean, ideally for me, a job is something that I can go in, do, and when it's done, yeah. um, I'll leave. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it might be one of those kind of situations. So that eh, makes me a little bit nervous. I also... It's but like, by your own philosophy you can't be there forever so well that's the thing i'm actually trying to make it less of a a time frame than they're saying they Mm. they wanted uh the job to last two years i'm like make it a year Mm. like i want to be in and out as fast as possible i want to come in uh make some sweeping changes make some sweeping changes (laughs) go good luck fuckers and then like i'm out no i want to i want to go in and like Clear the way for someone else with new ideas. Sure, sure. That's my idea more than, hey, do my ideas. Yeah. No, I want to make an environment where your ideas, because you're the new people, yeah. will be able to uh, take hold and, and, and grow yeah. more than, uh, what if hey, the, you What know, if their uh, ideas are dumb? You all like that show Emergency from the 70s? <laughs> hey, who's, who's up for a parody of Happy Days? And, and uh, you know, yeah, was, uh, we're going to do Snip. It was an old uh, David Brenner uh, thing. <laughs> And so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like something it was it was one of these things where like when I found out the people who were working there, and I know a couple of them, yeah, uh, they didn't want to work there. They were they were like, we're just like we're trying to just get things started here and doing mm. our best. I'm like, so you don't want to be there. Yeah, that's excellent. I like I like people that don't want to be there. They just want to get the job done. Yeah. And they want to get out. Yeah. They want to do the job as best they can and they want to get out. This isn't where you want to move into and live. That's great. That's absolutely great because the last couple of people that were there 
wanted the forever job. Yeah. And that's not the best thing for that kind of thing. And and when I was hearing that, they were saying that we're looking for an artistic director, and this was months ago, and I was like, oh, oh, God damn it, I don't want that job. Shit, I don't want that job. So maybe I should take that job. Shit, my own logic. Oh, damn it. You're right. You probably would be the best for that job. God damn it, but I don't want that job. But damn it. Oh, I do want to fix this thing. Oh, this is annoying. So yeah, it was uh, going in for the job interview and mm. answered all the questions and 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 gave them some ideas for some stuff. And now we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't want to say it's revenge, but it certainly would be kind of like a sweet irony if you started working there as artistic director. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, good, I know. good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I know. I mean, I hope it works the, out. The, I mean, the one thing is, I have been shooting my mouth off about this stuff for like at least 12 years yes. online. Yes. So it's like, hey, you want to see my philosophy? Huh? <laughs> you know, there you go. There yeah, was a yeah. thing at one point too where... But you kind of also are, you're being invited to put your money, put the money where your mouth is. That's basically it, yeah. <laughs> I almost like posted a thing in no end just going, hey, it's put my money where my mouth is day. Uh, and the other thing was at the end of it, they asked me like, uh, you know, oh yeah, you uh, do you have any like uh, not, uh, references? Mm. Can you give us a couple of references? And I, and I, I did, there was just a bit of me that just wanted to just go, cause this was kind of my pitch. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, yeah, I've been part of everything successful you've ever done. <laughs> I was here for like, you know, I was here for a dozen years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, created your only television show. I was there for your only, uh, Jesse award winning yeah. thing. Uh, uh, I was part of your first big hit show and the development of that. I uh, created your best reviewed show. Uh, yeah, I'm part of like every success you've had. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know, but oh no, I'll give you a reference. Yeah, sure. here you go. It's sure, like I've sure. been living my life pretty publicly, but <laughs> all right, fair enough. So I got like two people to, you know, uh, me? Did you get me to? I could. You, you I did consider. No, I did, no, no, I did consider you. No, you know, you're a respected podcaster who has known me for uh, a long time, and yeah. No, that you're definitely third on the list of the other two, <laughs> you fine. know, whatever. But it was it's nice fine. the other two people get definitely. people who are yeah get people who are more yeah more in line with what they want to talk about. In, in there. Yeah, so I'm like uh, nervous about it, but we'll see. I'm excited about it. I really uh, it's I'm, it's I'm, exciting, but I'm also yeah. I mean, the one thing they were they were talking about was like uh, you know you got to put together a budget. Can you put together a budget? Mm. And uh, I'm like, well, I put together shows. You know, I've produced other shows. I produced yeah. a show in England that ran a month. I guess I did a budget for that, <laughs> you know, and, sure. uh, you know, people put together budgets. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I, is that like know, a, is that like some sort of secret thing that no one's ever figured out how to well, do? Well, I think the thing is they get people who are artsy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, I've got an idea about this and this, this, you know. Sure. Well, can you do the work about the money? Yeah. And I'm like, if I have to, You're totally criticizing technocracy right now. I guess so. If I, if I have to, yeah, I guess yeah, you yeah. know I've done it. Like you know, I show ran a, a TV show. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I knew how much money we had for that. Mm -hmm. I guess you know, but yeah, you're you're right. It sounds like scary to do that kind of stuff and a budget thing. And yeah, that's you know, uh, artsy people get scared off by that kind of stuff all the time. Mm. I guess, but yeah. you know, I'll ask for help. And then put one together. And I asked them, like, you know, you, and it was weird because I did ask, you know, one of the people who was talking to me 
and they were talking to me on a, a Zoom meeting. It okay. looked very, very fancy. Uh, <laughs> but you had to go there to, to attend a Zoom meeting. I had to go to an office, but one of the people who was interviewing me couldn't be there. Oh, so okay. they so were they on were, a Zoom meeting, okay. so we went to a Zoom room. Um, but uh, I was saying, like, yeah, tell me how much money you've got, and then I'll, I'll budget for that. And I think their thing was like, you know, well, that's up to you. I'm like... Well, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> there's a there's an amount of money you you have. Yeah, and I'll work from that yeah, money. You but I'm have... not just making up money. <laughs> you know. Here. Yeah, you have to. I assume that they have some money coming in from various art support, like art support organizations. Yeah, I as well as from I'm ticket sure there's sales. There's a rough plan. Like, if yeah. the the opposite could be possibly. Yeah. That they don't. That they don't. You know. No how much things will cost and they're asking yeah. the artistic director yeah how much will the, it cost to do a bunch of shows yeah and I'm like well that's a mistake on your part <laughs> to be asking uh, an artistic director you know all that stuff because that's that's a different that's a different beast in a different yeah, department yeah. and i can yeah. understand why you'd want to ask that yeah but yeah i could make up i could make up an amount and then we could go down from that that would be that'd be fine but like <laughs> just let me know seems, roughly it odd yeah that yeah yeah. Okay. Why well, don't we make up a budget? But you can't know how much money you have in the budget. Yeah. So now start budgeting. It is one of those Man. things where you know sometimes you know uh, where uh, like this is separate from this, but like you know uh, there'll be a gig that I'll get offered. And yeah. It'll be something like oh okay. Here, no, an example would be this because this did just happen, uh, where you know uh, hey we'd like you to come and talk about sparks uh, to our school. Yes. It's like oh okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so if you come, let us know how much that'll be. I was like, okay, well, uh, what's your budget? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, the hi- I'm going to make up a number, which is not their real number. Sure, sure. The high end uh, is $2,000. Okay, it's $2,000. Why the fuck would I not make it $2,000? <laughs> right? Like, what's on me yeah, here yeah. to like, you know, yeah. well, you know, I know we're friends. Yeah. And so I don't want to... <laughs> Yeah, you, know? you have a two thousand dollar budget. Yeah, tell me. I how want much, it. Yeah, how much do you spend on these things? Yeah. you know. You know, and you also know that you have to spend your budget because if you don't, you won't have that money next year. Right. It's not that's how it works in the school pocket. system. Yeah, but there's a little bit of something there, and that always happens where it's like a guilt thing, mm. which is just like, well, top end is this. Looking up, big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that if you don't that's, want to pay? What it is that, that's, that, if you that's don't that. want to, if you don't want to pay two thousand dollars, say it's one thousand dollars. That's the top end. That's the top end. Okay, yeah. well, we can do it for a thousand dollars. Yeah, if that's worth our while. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, of course, you know what follows up. And look, man, I've been through this so often <laughs> uh, with with other, with other things that yeah. it was just like I could write you this story right now, and this is how this goes, which is you know. And so normally you will get paid at the end of the the, the gig or yep. the show or Seems the thing fair. because why would I come out here again? Yeah. Because this is this is out far away from where I am. Yeah. And you know I could you know give you an address to mail me the thing, or you could just give it to me now because <laughs> you knew I was coming here months in advance, and you know you could cut the check for now instead yeah. of like later. And if I come here and I don't know take a dump on the floor, <laughs> then you could not pay me, and we could have a discussion about that. That would sure. be. Fine. Or take the dump out of my check. Right. But I've done enough yeah. shows and uh, presentations and workshops for schools that it's just yeah. like, you get the check at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, there's no check at the end of the day. Okay. What? So, uh, yeah. so you know, writing, writing them like a, a week later, just like, hey, 
that was fun. Then we did get like a nice thing about like that worked out great. Yeah. We did. Hey, um, just checking in as to what's this. And it's like, well, you know, um, you know, it was all real dodgy. First of all, it was like, uh, you know, we'll have a talk with the school and they'll let you know when that's coming your way. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then I got a thing from them. Uh, first of all, I had got a thing from them earlier, like weeks earlier, where it was like, please send us an invoice. Sent them an invoice. Long period of time goes by. And then I get something from another person going, hi, we can't read your invoice. Like, oh, okay, that's weird. You can't read my oh. invoice. I wrote it on pages. You shouldn't have written it in Latin. Yeah, I wrote it on pages, yeah. which is, you know, kind of a well-known Mac program. But okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, if you could send it as a PDF. Hey, okay, that's reasonable, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I'll send it as a PDF. Weeks go by. And so I'm like, oh, that's fine. And so, like, uh, the, the week has gone by after we've done the thing. Uh, yeah, um, th- there's no number on the on the uh, invoice. Like, what do you what do you mean? There's no like number invoice number. Yeah, something? there should be a number like in the corner, like zero zero one. This was my number one invoice that I've sent off. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, that's something could have noticed <laughs> a long, long time ago. That was an issue. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. So I I had to like take the PDF and yeah. write on in the corner zero zero one. And sent that back out. Sure. And and now, you know, maybe something will get mailed out at some point and some point. But I know one thing for sure. Yeah. Which is if I had not uh, if I had not contacted them. Yeah. That check was never coming. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. There's uh, some. some and they were nice. Everyone, they were super nice. Oh, sure. I'm sure they and were. And the thing went so well. Yeah. And everyone was so happy. Yeah. And I've been part of that kind of thing so many times. And then, yeah, it just. Nope. Because once you've done the thing, you're not a priority anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you're someone else's problem. Yeah. And then it all just goes, woof. And I know from from uh, another person who's in the school system, her experience is that there are some people in the office that are very hard to get to do their job. Mm-hmm. You know, and you do have to spend a lot of time, a lot of time managing that person to get them to not be the office dragon and actually like do something. And instead of being all about, you know, my domain yeah. here and you're invading it, asking me to write you checks. So, yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a weird, it's a, all schools are weird. But anyway, that's. Yeah, I talked, yeah, I talked to Nina about it because of the thing with her. And then she sent me uh, an invoice that she, oh, man, it's, she had a beautiful invoice. I feel like a fool sending <laughs> my pathetic invoice when she had such a gorgeous invoice. Yeah. yeah. God damn, it was a good invoice. Uh, but yeah, she was saying normally, uh, it's got like the address on it and the number in the corner. Mm-hmm. So I may be wrong about that. Uh, but yes, when, uh, I, when I send you guys an invoice for coloring, it has a number. Does it have a number? Yeah. Okay. And the date. And it says I'm number one. And it says I'm number one. And then also has Superstar. a It has a drawing of me as a bear in the corner. That is that is nice. <laughs> I've sent numberless invoices out yeah. for many things. Uh, but uh, I understand. That's fine and fine. But that yeah. was not the reason. That it was being delayed was because there wasn't enough. No, I think it's Helen in the office. uh, She's a real dragon. I don't even want to say that because that could be the name of the person. (laughs) I don't know. It's just making up a name. All right. Yes, I know you were. Just making up a name. But that's a dangerous dangerous game to play. (laughs) The old making up a name game. Long story short. Anyway, we did a a lovely presentation. All worked out great. Now, maybe we'll get paid. Maybe we won't. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Spent the week doing taxes anyway, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> off, I'm off the brain. Was it was it coincidence 
that I went, I should probably find a way of getting paid for these things that I haven't gotten paid for yet. It wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> it wasn't a complete coincidence. Yeah. yeah. You had a bit of a memory spur. Yeah, maybe. Oh, you know what? Money, you say. All right, very good. <laughs> so, David. Yeah. Music. It's the food of love. Oh, well, then play on. <laughs> Make that joke a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> you used to do a show. The show was called Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. When the party ended, everyone was sad. And Dave said, wait, save your hats. We'll do more later on. And that's what he's fucking doing now. Wow. That's true. Um, yes, we've moved. We've moved Sneaky Dragon Listening Party into a corner of the Sneaky Dragon podcast. Would you say it's the kids table? Yeah. Okay. Always. I'm always at the kids table. Woo! But that's where it's fun. It is. Kids that's where table it's fun. rules. Yep. My kids the kids know that uh I would always be hanging around with them and not with the adults. Yeah. Give kids, it a choice. Kids are more fun. Absolutely. Uh you know what I just you know what? No, I don't. I had a few. I have, you know, You've I, had a few, eh? I've had a few just earlier <laughs> today. I always have a few like uh top 5 compilation sitting there waiting for me to like you know finally say like i guess this is good enough i should use it okay but what happens is the day before i go to you know i'm gonna get the top five ready for you i go you know what would be fun (laughs) do more work i should do this top five instead so yeah so uh that's what this was all right this is a top five los angeles songs interesting yeah because you love la i do love you love it I love it. That must be the first song. I do love L.A. I think L.A. is a great town. Yeah. Little, little Richard Newman. Not Richard Newman. Richard, Ra- Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Yes. I, and I do like that song quite a bit. I did not include it in this list because... Richard Newman, of course, lead singer for the band Sweet Dick. Vancouver <laughs> band Sweet Dick. Yes. And so, yeah, that's a great song. I love L.A. It's a, it's a fun song. There's a few other L.A. songs. I just... L.A. Woman by The Doors. Another great song. Yeah. I'm not a huge Doors fan, but I really Walking do like that LA. song. A... Walking in L.A. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, by missing persons could be. I don't know. They uh, we haven't found them. <laughs> but I that's a dad joke. <laughs> I went. I went with with bands that I like. Oh well, not bands that you like. How predictable. Just kidding. I I just went with songs I thought would be fun to play. So let's start off our top five Los Angeles songs with a song about coming into Los Angeles, and this is uh, Arlo Guthrie. Okay. From his 1969 album, Running Down the Road. Although on the sleeve of the album, it pictures him on a motorcycle, on a Triumph motorcycle. So he's not running down the road. No. He's riding a, a, a motorcycle down well, the road. He's definitely not running up that hill. He's not, he's not running up that hill. that's already taken. Yes. Someone else is doing that. It's as if someone recently watched Stranger Things. Uh, and so let's listen to our friend Arlo Guthrie and coming into Los Angeles, as he says in the song. Here we go. Stranger, walking in a hall with his things and all, smiling said he was the long way. 
It's interesting uh, that there was once a time where you could just uh, tell uh, the guy at the border, please don't touch my bags. Go, oh, sorry, sir. I don't want to be rude. I think that's more of a wish inside your head, but yeah. Mm, yeah. Very big wish. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I like that song. That was, it was, I really like the drums in it, especially. Mm, sure. And uh, it, it, again, just reminded me also uh, of like Season of the Witch for some reason. Ah, uh, the like, Donovan song? Yeah, yeah the, twang, the little twang in the voice mm, was mm. very similar, but no, yeah. it was a fun song. Yeah. Of course, Arlo Guthrie, best known for Alice's Restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, or the Alice's, Alice's Restaurant Massacre, or the Massacre at Alice's, it has like a longer title, but no one oh, ever says right? it. Yeah, it's got a long title. Uh, it was known for me. And it's for, a very long song. Where uh, people I knew uh, would memorize the whole damn song and then repeat it to me. Oh, that's awful. Good God. That's a very long song. It's 18 minutes long. That's that's an, endure, that's an use, endurance test. Yeah, to use a, a family guy joke. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when someone starts that up, you say... Um, who does this song? And then like, I'll say you were doing it. Yeah, yeah. And you'll say, hey, hey, hey. And you start doing it. Uh, uh, Dave, who does this song? And you tell me who does this uh, song. Or other Guthrie. Oh, let's keep it that way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I first, It's in Woodstock, the movie Woodstock, the concert film. Has it not been... Alice's Restaurant? No, uh, this song, Coming oh, Into good, Los Angeles. Okay, which is weird, because it's not in Los it's Angeles. Not, that, that film is long, but it's not long <laughs> enough to have Alice's Restaurant. No, no. There is a, there was a movie version of Alice's Restaurant. I know. But it's a very good film. Is it? Oh, it's a wonderful film. Is Guthrie in it? Yes, he is. He's the lead actor in it. But it, what, what I thought. It's directed by, gosh darn it, Richard... I can't remember who directed it. But it's like it's it's... 
It's one of those weird films where it's like, this is made based on like the goofiest song ever written or ever performed. Because Elsa Restaurant is like a goofy song. And it's you, a goofiest song with a uh, massacre. In the, and uh, you, you maybe want to listen to it once. <laughs> but you don't want to listen to it twice or more than that. But it used to play a lot on, on C-Fox when I was growing up. It was like a late night. Directed by Arthur Penn. Arthur Penn, yeah. Who directed Bonnie and Clyde. And also directed Penn and Teller Get Killed. No way. Really? That's funny. Yep. Is he uh, Penn's dad? No, there's no relation. They just uh, they got him to do it because they wanted their movie to be a movie. Yes, and he's a really good director. Yeah, uh, and and this film, it's it's like it's just so weird because, like I say, Alice's restaurant, goof, goofy song, all about you know him getting in trouble for trying to throw out garbage, and it goes on and on forever and ever. It's it's a parody of a talking blues, kind of like oh okay, kind of like um, uh, Bob Dylan's Talking Bear Mountain. Uh, picnic blue massacre or whatever um it's like a takeoff of the old talking blues but but it has a lot of jokes in it and it's the same with Elsa's restaurant but then they made this movie that's really thoughtful and really insightful about the 60s and the and the and the end of the 60s and the problem with you know putting all your trust into like some guy who's got the best best plans for you you know but really it's all his ego that's driving him you know and you you don't really you don't really matter much to someone else's ego, you know, and so they can care about you all. They t- they can tell you they care about you all they want, but you know, it's when when the rubber hits the road, they're they're long gone. And it's it's a really good film. Like I, I just really cool. really uh, recommend it. All right, I highly recommend it. In fact, um, and I was gonna say one more thing about uh, the song. Oh, which is like, yeah, this is our little Guthrie, which you know, he was uh, the son of Woody Guthrie. Yeah, I was so, wondering what the connection was. Yeah, so his dad, that was his dad. Okay. Um, you know, he grew up in a big family, but almost all of his siblings died at a young age. Like, some of them had Huntington's oh. Korea, which is what Woody Guthrie died of. Yeah. So it was a genetic disease. So two of his two of his brothers and sisters uh, came, you know, died from that. Uh, another uh, brother or sister died in a car accident. Another one died in some other terrible way. Uh, one uh, died in another, you know, and so it was just him basically and his sister Nora that were yeah. left at the end of it all. My mom was a similar family. Is yeah, that right? Like, yeah. Yeah, she was the sixth child. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, they all passed away so in, quite in, young. Yeah. In unlucky ways? or Yeah, just, yeah. Well, some and some, you know, I think yeah. like one or two disease, but like mm. for the most part, yeah. It was just like. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. But I guess he was kind of like folk royalty in a way because his dad was Woody Guthrie. So he kind of had a leg up that way to, to like, like this album. You know, he was on Reprise Records. I mean, he did have a big hit with Alice's Restaurant, so to be fair. But this album, you know, it's got like the cream of like the session, like the the young session guys of the late 60s. So it's got like Clarence White, who would later play with the birds. He's the guy playing like the the steel, like the okay. uh, the slide guitar on it, which is really good in the song. Ry Cooter's on the album. Another like, guy who's just like famously great as a guitar player. And and uh, yeah, it's just a, um, basically there's a story that, Ry Cooter was asked to join the Rolling Stones, but really it was just for a very short time. They just wanted to steal his tunings, <laughs> and then basically once they got figured out how he played the guitar, they they got rid of him. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but that's, that's so that guy gathered no moss. He did not. He left quickly. I, it could also be his personality. Probably was kind of like I I don't need this. I'm I got a solo career coming, and I don't need to be in this band. But anyhow, okay, let's get to our next song. Our next exciting song. This is this is X. The song is Los Angeles from their album, Los Angeles, from 1980. Here we go. I 
quarterback. Yeah, it sounded like a, a lot of songs, but like a, a songs I like. Yeah. Uh, the female singer uh, really reminded me of uh, Blondie. Okay. Yeah. Xine Cervenka was her oh, name. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's a that's a good name. I like their trade off of it, I like the trade off of vocals. Like her and John yes. Doe, the 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 male uh, vocalist, are fantastic together. I got I got to meet that band actually. How they so? came to town and, and we interviewed them for Generic Drivel. Uh, so yeah, we met Xine and John Doe and Billy Zoom and DJ Bonebreak, the drummer. Billy Zoom was a guitar player. Who had one of the greatest guitar playing stances of all time? Which was, I and mean, then we can't show it on. The we podcast. can't show it on the show, but he's, his legs were as spread apart as they could possibly be, and he played like the lowest slung Les Paul guitar, huh. and he just looked great on stage, just really great. And he had like uh, kind of a rockabilly comb, like blonde comb back hair, and he was as thin as a rail. So yeah, it was just a great look. I'm going to suggest sometime that you put these interviews uh, on our site. Hmm. Yeah, I should try and do. My, I don't. I don't, don't even know if I have those generic dribbles anymore. Okay. If anyone out there has the generic yeah. dribbles that David does not have, yeah, uh, that that might be fun. The the one I have was given to me by David when he was moving out of his or he was cleaning out his mom's house. He found, okay. He found some. But anyway, um, and the other thing about that album produced by Ray Manzarek, ex Doors keyboard player. Yep. So uh, also one of the most pretentious musicians ever. Well, and the he, reason, he knew he'd be played by Kyle McLaughlin in the movie. So. <laughs> the reason I don't like The Doors is because of him. Because mm. the way he talks about them is just so disgusting to me. All right. It was magic. It was a spiritual gathering of geniuses together to make this band that changed music for all time. You know, we had the spirits were with us. You know, they came down and they inhabited us. And we we just, we weren't performing. We were we were just creating Morrison's music. Morrison's dick fell out. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, that's right. Jim's drunk again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magic, magical Ray. Such magic. Anyhow, let's go to our third song, everyone. This sure. is actually another '60s song. This is uh, Gene Clark with a song called "Los Angeles." Never released when it was made. This was uh, finally came out in 1998 on a fantastic collection called "Flying High" that I found in Portland when I was there to see the Holy Motor Rounders. Okay. And we went down early, my friend and I. And we did some shopping and we did, you know, we toured the, the great bookstores, particularly Powell's. And then we, we moseyed on over to some fabulous record stores that were in town at that time. And I found the CD. I didn't even know it existed. So I was like so pleased to find oh, it. Oh, that's this great. Two CD collection of, of songs. And yeah, this is from that collection. This is Los Angeles, uh, originally recorded in 1968. Let's give it a listen, everybody. Well, I don't know where 
This is a, a song that's very birdsy in its uh, sound, I think. Yeah, I really like the guitar in it. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. Yeah, part the chiming guitar. Really I think it was recorded. I don't know for sure. I, you know, I'd love to have gone and looked in the CD and read the liner notes, but I can't because I don't have any CDs in my house right now. So it's kind of frustrating when I want to like do a little bit of research and look at, look at the uh, the CD. It's not there. I don't have it. Luckily, I put them all on my computer to an iTunes when I when, a long time ago. I. So after his first solo album, like he was in The Birds, okay. he was the bird of The Birds. I mean, we know Roger McGuinn because he wore cool glasses and stuff like that. And he was the only guy who played an actual instrument on on Mr. Tambourine Man. But Gene Clark actually wrote songs, which the rest of The Birds didn't do at that time. Like he was the guy who actually like could write a song and wrote beautiful songs. Um, like, you know, I feel a whole, whole lot better or, you know, my, she don't care about time. And uh, this this great songs. And so, you know, and it, but the problem was, is he was writing songs and they were be, being used as B-sides for the singles. So he was making a lot of money from these songs and it caused a lot of interband problems. And so eventually, amongst those problems and others, he was had a terrible fear of flying as well. Yep. He quit the group. You know, okay. he wrote, he wrote, um, Eight Miles High was the sort of last contribution By the way, to the band. That's a fair fear for someone in music to have. Yeah. 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 Good call. Good call on the fear. <laughs> and so he left the group and he put out a solo album called Gene Clark with the Gosden Brothers. And unfortunately, and I have no idea why this was, because it was he was recording for the exact same record company, Columbia Records. They put out his solo album the exact same day they put out the Bird's next album. Oh. So of course one obscured the other. It seems so weird yeah, that they would do that weird. to him. But they did. And so, you know, that was sort of the beginning of the end for his solo career. And I feel like this these songs, he recorded about three songs for a purported next album for columbia before he left the label and or the label left him i'm not too sure which way it went and i in my mind i couldn't look this up i feel like he was recording with some members of the birds because it does have a real bird sound like that right. bass sound to the song is really chris Hellman-y sounding to me and the chiming guitar has a real roger mcguinn sound to it so i feel like the birds were involved in it for whatever reason maybe he was just maybe he got guys together who were kind of Im- imitating them but I, I don't know for sure but it's a great song unfortunately there were some problems at the record label and they went, it went unreleased for the next, you know, whatever it was, 68 to, to 98. So 30 years, 30 wow. years later, we finally got to hear them. Oh my God. So that was pretty nice. Yeah. 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 yeah great. Fantastic musician. Had a lot of personal problems. And you can hear in this song, like, uh, you know, I'm sick of Los Angeles. I'm moving to San Francisco, which is what he did. He went, went to San Francisco, bought some property out in like the country's country area near San Francisco and, and lived there for, a number of years until he was kind of lured back into uh, to Los Angeles, and that kind of restarted all his bad habits again. That that uh, ended his career. Mm-hmm. All right, song number four. Number four. 
This is a grapefruit. I can't have grapefruit. Oh, you can't have grapefruit? No. Because the medication you're on? Because the medication I'm on. So I, I snuck it in on you. So, you didn't yeah. realize. Sorry. You got to let me know if you're going to have grapefruit uh, okay, here because it doesn't that. work with the uh, okay, blood pressure well. medicine. Listen, I'm going to play it. So I may be a little dizzy during pl- this. Plug your ears a little All bit because right, I'm going to play. This is a grapefruit yeah. from their, their 1969 album Deep Water. This song is LA and back again. Very good. Here we go. From the tailor, shave and wave goodbye to all my friends. My nearest and dearest love is coming to wave goodbye. I said, See you soon, babe. I'll be back before you blink an eye. You know that I'm going. for me now it worked out okay <laughs> Good. Uh, no i really like the build of that song it's got that, a nice yeah, build doesn't yeah. it It kind of starts and one put yeah, kind of goes up into the, like, oh, i like I a nice it. building song i know where they're going with this and yeah. uh grapefruit signed to apple apple music publishing they were not an apple artist they never released they never released a single on apple but they were signed to their publishing arm by the beatles friend one of those weird things about the beatles where they met a guy mm-hmm. they, they kind of liked him yeah and even though he had no abilities in this in this way, they decided, let's make him the head of Apple Publishing. That sounds like a good idea. You know, we won't ask him if he knows how to make a budget. We'll just make him the head. Wait they- a second. Is this someone hiring me? <laughs> it seems like you're telling this story. I wait. Like, I wait, I'm, wait. Get, I'm getting a little uh, no, no. It's nothing a little personal. With, it's a little mean. Nothing to do with you. What nothing you're saying. To do with you. I don't know. It just seems yeah, weird. Yeah, we're just going to hire you. this guy. All right. We want, he only wants to work for a year, but we're going we to we're gonna assist on two wait years. Wait a minute. Wait, There's what? a lot of similarities no, no, here. I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't hear where you're going. So anyway, so they hired him for a theater company. What? He's going to be artistic. So, so uh, you know this. You know the uh, Be- the Beatles song. Uh, She's leaving home. Yeah, there's a mention. I know. Of, I did. Uh, I did a Beatles podcast with you. What yeah. do you mean? Do I know the Beatles song? <laughs> She's leaving. It home? It was a rhetorical question. You don't have to get jumped on my. I throat. am. Or, yeah, I feel pretty <laughs> bad that it's rhetorical when we did a podcast together. We did a podcast called Completely Beatles. We went through every damn Beatles song. We did. Did you hear about this? Including song? this song, She's leaving home. Well, I'm just asking questions. Which, which has a line in it: "The man from the motor trade," which was based on this friend of theirs, this guy oh. named Terry Doran, who was a car salesman when they met him mm-hmm. he's he's the guy who sold them all their fancy rolls royces and stuff like that and i guess he kind of took that 
and also a very good salesman, apparently, because he took this acquaintance with the Beatles and turned it into becoming the Beatles, uh, a friend of the Beatles, and a guy who was kind of their go-to guy for yeah. doing this and doing that, and then eventually became the head of Apple Publishing. And as the head of Apple Publishing, he signed this group, whose name wasn't Grapefruit. I don't know their name when they signed with them, but their name was given to them by John Lennon because it was based on uh, Yoko Ono had published a book called Grapefruit. And so he gave them the name Grapefruit as the group. There's a lot of uh, fruit-related things in this story. <laughs> Were they getting enough fruits and vegetables? Were the, they getting the Beatles at this time? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I don't think so. I really don't think so. All right. But they were assigned to Apple Publishing, mm-hmm. and they were called Grapefruit. Okay. And uh, I think they eventually signed to RCA Victor and to a company owned by Terry Melcher, who, speaking of the birds, was their first producer okay. at Columbia. He was a Columbia producer, son of Doris Day. And uh, so he had a company, I think they're called, oh, I can't remember what it's called. I don't want to guess. Equinox. <laughs> And so he signed them. He signed, I give up. Back when I- <laughs> he signed Grapefruit. <laughs> and uh, they put out a couple, three albums. They had a pretty good career. Didn't make, you know, make super big. But but all the members, like, went on to do other interesting things. It was one, you know, the one guy, like, worked, uh, worked with ACDC and the Easy Beats. Because do you know the Easy Beats, Friday on My Mind? No. Sorry. Um, so George Vanda and Harry Young of the Easy Beats were the brothers of Malcolm and Angus Young of ACDC. Oh, okay. So they were their early producers and managers oh, nice. and okay. kind of helped them with their career when they when they got started, which was very good for ACDC because their brothers already made all the mistakes you could make as a young band, you know, bad contracts, you know, bad bad management decisions, uh, you know, just all the things, you know, that they could tell their brothers not to do. And, and so, you know, the ACDC kept their publishing – they, you know, had good managers that were had the band's interest in their heart, i.e. their brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, they slowly built up, up, you know, and and didn't have like a big hit right away. You know, they weren't overwhelmed as the group the way that the Easy Beats were because they had, Friday on my mind was a huge hit. But they had nothing to follow it up with and weren't prepared for that kind of massive success because then you're on the treadmill. And how do you write another song? Because now your whole yeah. world is taken up with performing Friday on my mind over and over again for this thing and that thing and going here and going there and blah, blah, blah. So they had a lot of experience they could give. Anyway, I don't know why I got started on that. No, no, it's interesting. The Grapefruit, where uh, I really like that song a lot. Okay, let's go to our final one. Okay. This is from 1993. I'm trying to like cover all the ages sure. here. Yeah, all yeah. the ages of man. By the way, 1993 is my example of a, a modern song, which is <laughs> crazy because it's also from a long time ago. Sure. 30 years. But it's enjoyable. This is Frank Black mm. from his first solo album, which is called Frank Black. And this song Good is way to go. Los Angeles. Let's give it a listen, everybody. All right. I met a man. He was a good man Sailing and shoring Dancing the beta can-can Making me foreign Ah, oh, yeah
This was my favorite of the bunch. Oh, I'm glad yeah, you liked I really, it. I really did like yeah, it. Yeah, it's got like a good rocking beginning, and then I love, I love the, and that's why I put it as the last song because I do think it's like the best right. song of them. He's in the Pixies, right? He was in the Pixies. That's yeah. right. Black Francis was his name in the Pixies. Oh, he flipped the name for his that? name is really Frank Black. Huh. I, I love that he called himself Black Francis. I think that's a great name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this. So when the Pixies broke up, would you call yourself uh, Dredrick Davis? Dredrick. Oh, I see. Like you throw it, throw like a letter because you couldn't call yourself. Uh, Dedrick. That yeah. one makes sense. That's not a name. But Dredrick. Well, how about just Dead Dead David? Oh, I see. <laughs> well, Dead David. Yeah, I guess so. Black Francis. Well, dead, dead David. Okay. I mean, right. one's a, I mean, maybe his name was Francis Black. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. That's just fine. making up your own uh, your, your rock name. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A wonderful song. I love. I just. Yeah. I love how it starts, but I particularly love the ending of it. I love the yeah. whole. Yeah. Uh, it's a good full song. Of, it's a it's good, very rich, dramatic, uh, delicious feeling. meal. Yeah. 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 Tasty. And it's it's kind of funny. It's, it, once again, he was a Bostonian, so it's kind of a negative song about LA because you know who can love LA as much as the people who live there. So when you go there, you're disgusted by how much people are love their city. And you can't help but point out, you know, hey, guys, is this a city? Like, it's not that great. But apparently, like, it's so weird to me, these sort of things. Like, when you hear, the, like, I've been listening to a podcast talking about Sam Raimi's career. All right. And right, they've been going through this, the Spider-Man movies. And it's really interesting to hear that all of those movies were rushed and were made way too fast. And he really did not enjoy how quickly he had to get those movies made. Because the studio had already designated when those movies are coming out. You know, so... You know, he pretty much went from like finishing Spider-Man to working on the next Spider-Man and having to start shooting before the screenplay was finished. Oh, wow. All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, which was the same situation with the Doctor Strange film. The Doctor Strange film, once again, because there's a set schedule. And even though COVID has happened and it has caused all these problems, 
we still have to meet that schedule. We cannot not have right. the film come out. Though uh, uh, David Lynch recently was talking about that, saying like this is something that sometimes gets brought up with yeah. films, which is like the script's not even done yet. Yeah, and it's like the script's never done. No, like you never go into uh, like a film with a locked script. Like no. it's always fluid. I think that's the case because the yeah. actors have to have some ability to like contribute to it as yeah, well. Yeah, and things happen and things change, and yeah. then you realize things, and you're trying to make things better as you go. Sure. And so, yeah, you may end up with a different uh, ending for the film than you did from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But they, but they say it in a way that like, uh, oh yeah, the script wasn't even done. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just making it up as you go along. It's like there is a certain amount of that with like I mean, basically it, any movie. But it it does happen. But it can be movies. it can be terrible. It can be Quantum of Solace terrible when there's a writer strike and the film is not finished sure. and they're and the cast and crew are like writing the screenplay as they go that's a problem but yeah it's a, it's it's a little different like i know like i was thinking i was talking about at uh one of my friends at church i had lent her love and friendship the Whit stillman film which okay. is which is like a loose adaptation of, of a jane austen um juvenilia like something she wrote when before she was like a professional writer she wrote a a novel a, there's a name for it, an epistolary novel where it's like letters back and forth okay. telling the story of Lady Susan. And it's called Lady Susan. But he changed it to Love and Friendship. But there was an actor that was hired to play a certain role in the film. And he came and he so he wowed Whit Stillman so much. And Whit Stillman loved him so much that he started writing more material for him to do in the film. And he basically kind of changed the character on the fly and changed the film as well just to get more material with this, with this actor. But anyway, Frank Black. Heck of a songwriter. Some people say it's his best song. That is not true. Headache is his best song. Oh, well, there you go. But that is fine. As a solo artist, I should say, you know, obviously there's Pixie songs that are great. Where's My Mind? You know, that's a great song. But. But. Headache. So good. So that's been Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, Little Tiny Party. Small Little Party. (laughs) It's our top five. Without Mary. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm a poor man's Mary. Yes. We, you you don't have her, her, uh, oh, Dad. her sardonic disregard Ugh. for her father. <laughs> Which is always great. Nothing like having someone tell you you're wrong. Yep. I don't do that enough on the which show. Is what children are, which is what children are for. Yeah, there's, they're, they're there yeah. to tell you That's you're your wrong. Job. That's your job. So, look. We need to come up with... Uh, the, the girls in... We saw the girls on the weekend because we went and saw Maverick together. Oh, okay. Very good. It is very good, yeah. Did you see it? I did see it, yeah. It's very exciting. It was, it was everything that uh, that uh, type of movie should be. And I know that you Including, don't... Including uh, yeah. the evil uh, empire of generic Evelia. I thought that was good. Going that they up against... Yeah. They don't need to name it. We're not going to see any faces. Because they did They did that in... the in. Didn't they do that in Top Gun as well? It, it, yeah. They, they fight a, a foe... Yeah. A foreign foe, it but we be it could be Cobra. Yeah, we don't know. It doesn't matter. And I know that you're not a big fan of Tom Cruise, like immersing himself so much into his roles, like that where he has insists on doing stunts and stuff yeah. like that. But personally, I think that him flying the jet, like that, made that scene way more gripping. Like the how much you could see of what he was doing, and obviously, it's not nearly as risky as we think it is because we're ignoramus is watching. It. I'm right. sure someone who's actually a fighter pilot would be like, "It's nothing, guys." Like. This is nothing. Is do you think the other uh, the the other actors are going through the same thing? They they did do some flying. Okay, but they didn't actually fly. I think they were just in jets that were being flown by their pilots, oh, okay, and, they, right. and they were in a way. They filmed them in a way that okay, made them look like they were Okay, I was wondering if the other ones had yeah. to go through the like. No, they if didn't. Tom learn. wants to do it. 
that's that's fine. fine. Yeah, I don't think you should force other actors to. That's do That's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. When the others are like, you're also the hotshot pilot, the best of the best. <laughs> you got to learn. Well, we're going to see this. a lot of G forces on your faces. Yeah, well. yeah. But let's face it, they're at an age where the G forces were fine. Whereas much harder on Tom Cruise's face, the G forces. Yeah, I like that. All the plans involve your G forces are going to like crush your spine, <laughs> turn your brain to pudding. You'll go blind in three eyes, and you'll shit yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have we got a better plan than this? Yeah, you'll probably all uh, explode yeah. just from like looking at... Uh, well, I mean, that's the point of it, of course, is yeah. that it's super difficult and blah, blah, blah. But, it's but a, if your plan is it's like, a lot of fun. to do something that like humans really probably can't do, yeah. we're going to need 16... Well, there's no other, but there's no other plan. I mean, that's the setup of the movie is there's no other way to do it. It's where it's the situation of what they're doing yeah. requires it to be dangerous. And, and that's, then, But then it gets into that weird thing of like... Uh, you know, where you got the people involved going like, pull it, stop it, pull it. We shouldn't be doing this. No. And, uh, you know, there's that. Well, no, they're not saying that. No, well, there was like kind of a thing of just like, you know, where the where the person in charge has to like make some calls. Yeah, but his call was worse than what Tom Cruise was doing. Yeah, yeah. His call was, we're, was his call went from we're going to try and do this so that no one dies yeah. to we're going to try and do this so that we have the minimal amount of death. Yeah, yeah. I think that's worse. Now tell me this though. <laughs> okay. You got Ed uh, Harris off the top, who's yes. like the villain. Yes. Like the villain, but then we don't see him again. We don't see him again. We see him like for like. He's one the second. voice of the future, is what he yeah. is. Yeah. And he's like, hey, he's... you know what? You guys should do. Uh, you should have robots instead. Yeah. Like uh, for for this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as they go along with the mission. Yeah. You go. Uh, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It should, it should be robots. Probably, probably right. Yeah, humans can't do this. Ed Harris is completely right. Yeah. Why? But why? The humans did do it, by the way. I'll just point out that humans did do it. So humans can with, do it. With? Yeah. Like, but everyone went, wow, that was a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, and, and by the way, you can only do this once. So once you fucked up. Yeah. Then everything's fucked. Sure. And you can't send in your uh, yeah. robots later. Based on an actual mission flown by the Israelis in the 1980s. Oh, cool. Okay. They did do a, um, a, a squadron of fighters flew across across the Middle East and bombed a, uh, a heavy water oh, wow. plant, like a uranium plant in, uh, in Iran. Yeah. So they did kind of do that. They didn't say it was Iran, of course, in the movie, because that would be gauche. Here's the one. But it was an actual thing. That here's happened. the one thing that mm-hmm. I got to go, no. Okay. Okay. Jennifer Connelly. Can't, you can't stand her. Can't no, stand no. Her. It's just like, oh. yeah, maybe a bit too pretty to be running a bar. <laughs> you know and like none sure. of the guys are interested mm-hmm. like all these horn dog alpha male guys <laughs> are around and like jennifer connelly i think she and I you think guys she are puts, and it isn't just like all yeah. you know wolves doing the eyes bugging out she has the smartest i'm gonna spoil a little bit of the movie if you haven't seen it you may not want to hear what i'm gonna say next but she has the smartest business plan i've ever seen in my life that sign behind the bar that's not that visible, yeah. Where you got to like buy drinks for everybody if you like put your cell phone on it or you make make a pass at her. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you make a pass at her, if you disrespect oh, her, if you disrespect her, that's, that's a pass. That that is if you come go uh, on like a, if you come on like uh, a horn dog, uh, that is disrespect. Okay, all right. And you have to buy the bar around. around. So right. that is why they're not hitting on her. By the way, sir. And then if you can't pay for it. You get thrown out on your spine, which I think is where <laughs> she'll get sued and then uh, lose the bar. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, those guys are tough guys. They're not going to. They're not going to sue. Here's that would the be one wimpy. thing uh, I did not uh, buy: the son of Goose. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Coyote. What? Coyote. Is his name Coyote? Oh, Rooster. Sorry, Rooster. Rooster. Yeah, Rooster. Sorry. Yeah, that seems a drag to be called Rooster. Um, yeah. So uh, it feels like Tom Cruise doesn't recognize him or something. 
or something. Like, I guess he recognizes him, but like he leaves and then uh, Rooster starts playing great balls of fire. Yeah. Right. Like well, his- they, they, he knows that Rooster's mad at him. Oh, okay. All right. Fair so enough. So he's trying to avoid a. a right. Uh, so then Rooster starts playing great balls of fire. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the song that he loves to play more than any other yeah, song yeah. that he loves to play. Yeah. Because his dad played it. Because his dad played it, though, yeah. when he was four. Okay. That's, like, a, that's a memory. Remember, do you remember it when you're four and then you it depends, learn the depends song? on how much it happened and how important it was to you. I don't know. It seems a little young to be, like, making that your song. And <laughs> well, it it seems a little... The song to me seems a little old for them to be making it their song. That's what I would That's say. That's the thing. And everyone yeah. else is now on board yeah, with it yeah, as yeah. well. It's I'm obviously like, like hmm. a goof. It's obviously like a goof, but they're not. I they're, know it's a goof. Yeah, they're not. I get that it's a goof. It's not, in their, it's not on their iPod. But iPod. Like it's learned, not on their phone. He, on their, uh, but Rooster. It's not in their. Oh, sorry. Wait. Let me just catch up to the reality. Okay. It's not in their Spotify playlist. All right. Fair enough. It's just something they play. They sing it when they get drunk in a bar. It's realistic to me that Rooster would have learned Great Balls of Fire to the point where like he could play it like Lucy Goosey style. I don't know. I'm just, uh, that uh, steps out for a bit for me. It was that. fun. It was fun. All right. That's great. It was a fun scene. I enjoyed the film a lot. I have eaten in the restaurant that that original scene uh, takes place in. Oh, cool. Um, there we go. So go see Maverick. It's good. Go see Maverick. It's fun. I, I don't think a Mission Impossible should be two parts. You should get your Mission Impossible done in one part. That's your Impossible Well, it's mission. already in more than one part. What do you mean? I mean, ever since Ghost Protocol, it's been telling a continuing story. Okay, that's fine. Well, but actually, basically, since 3, it's been telling a continuing story. Because 3 is when he meets Michelle Monaghan's character. And now he has been, she has been sort of in his, on the edges of his life ever since. Hmm. That's the continuing part of the story since that time. And they have been telling a, a story since Ghost Protocol that's telling like a step-by-step right. story of, of Ethan Hunt's uh whatever so i don't know i'm fine with it if they wanted to they could have just been done it slightly differently and not put it into two parts and just call it a different name and you'd never know that it was a part two all right everyone we're moving on now to mailbag mailbag time for the mailbag because if we don't then we don't get our burgers but the uh, um the the trailer looked good yeah trailer look good agreed uh look here's the thing uh, we, we're going to ask you questions every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next week, uh, oh, we, we, do we ask a question this week? Because it's all questions next week. Yeah. We so won't ask a, a question. No, this is a, skip, it's a skip, weekend off. It's a week. It's a skip question week, but I'm going to read your letters from, uh, last time around. Uh, the where listen, we got a, we got one from, uh, two episodes back from our friend, uh, uh, was it uh, Peter? Was it, am I getting this right? No. Peter, yeah, yeah, Billy, Peter Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, sorry, Billy. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is from. Oh, sorry. Yes. The, we the were last asking. Uh, we were asking about like, uh, what did you spend your money on when you were uh, young, and also what do you do in France? <laughs> and uh, and uh, Billy says, uh, "Hello, all. Uh, all my teen fun money went to movies and popcorn uh, while watching movies. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and France, go to the museums. Yes, is the advice. I think that's the and, thing. And uh, I knew you two were cool. Disagree with that. Uh, I didn't know you were Phil Oaks cool. We are Phil Oaks cool. All right, there you are. Love Phil Oaks. Discovered him when I was 20. My friend, my friend David M. recommended him to me. I was going to buy, uh, is it Daydream Nation? I can't remember the name of this, the album. Anyway, something or other by Sonic Youth. And I was holding it in the, in the record store. And uh, David slapped saw, it out of your hand. Basically, he did. He said, don't buy that. And then he held up this collection of, of uh, Phil Oaks of his, from his A&M albums and said, get this instead it was uh the war is over the best of phil oaks and i and i bought that instead i took his advice and he was right because mm-hmm. ever since then i've been a major phil oaks fan i 
bought all his records, and then I rebought them all on CD. And in those days, you had to like look hard to find records and stuff like that. You had to really put your nose to the grindstone. But anyway, he said to you, "Don't watch that. Watch this." <laughs> I was like, "Wait a second. Is what is he a nutty bunch?" What's yeah, happening? What's going on here? Uh, so last week we asked, "Is there something uh, that might happen in a movie that will take you right out of it?" On the sub question, uh, it's just it's a valid question, but yep. we call it sub question. Yep. Uh, would you want the powers of The Shining? Mm. There we go. Louise writes. Uh, the by, by the way, Louise uh, and her sister Jackie sang me a lovely happy birthday song. Oh, that's nice. It was, was really, really beautiful. It was a happy birthday song or was it the happy birthday it song? It was the happy birthday okay. song. Okay. Uh, she Very writes, nice. uh, the most likely uh, representation of uh, representative of a lot. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. We also were talking about uh, the Winnie the Pooh characters, the A.A. A. Milne Winnie the Pooh characters uh, representing the seven deadly sins. We were <laughs> going with, uh, you know, gluttony with Pooh and uh, and lust with uh, Tigger and or pride with Tigger. Uh, but uh, Louise says the most likely representative of lust in the Hundred Acre Woods is Kanga. She likely had a passionate liaison with an unknown stuffy. And the result was Rue. Wow. A, yeah, fa- a fallen get, woman. You don't get Rue's from not... Uh, you know, uh, doing it. Yeah, that, she she felt terrible. I guess after it have happened, so she had a lot of rue. That, oh, yeah, that's where it comes, the name comes rue from. Rue the day. He <laughs> rue the Edward, day. She met that stuffy. Edward Jurgansky writes, "Hello to the sneaker uh, oligarchy." Oh my god, oligarchy, oligarchy. Jesus Christ! I <laughs> I knew what was right. You were thinking of Ori Oriarchy. Oh, I'd go which for is some when of that. when cookies control the world. Delicious. Yeah, uh, I can remember. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, there was someone I I know. Unfortunately, it's uh, they're no longer with us. Was talking about like a time that he got drunk and ate a whole uh, bag of uh, Oreos. Oh, I didn't have to get drunk. I once ate a whole bag of Oreos. Right, right. Well. But he was so sick, and the uh, the worst part was uh, the vomit came out like a stream of black, then a stream of white, <laughs> then a stream of black again. <laughs> Uh, so hmm. Edric goes on. I can remember the, uh, Monty Cohen is his name. Uh, <laughs> I can remember the very moment I wanted to walk out of Pulp Fiction, but I was with friends, so I stuck to it. It was the god awful scene with the gimp in the basement. <laughs> it was so repugnant to me that I never found the urge to rewatch one of, uh, the one Tarantino film, uh, that I detest. Also, anything with Jay and Silent Bob in it, I'm not a fan of stoner comedy. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, when you, well, you're going to be disappointed to know Dave and I have been high every episode. <laughs> On delicious sweet treats. Dave's not here. <laughs> uh, when you were discussing Star Trek Discovery a few weeks ago, there's a scene in episode eight of season three that completely removed me from the entire show. The character uh, A Adira, Adira uh, asks uh, Stamets, oh, god damn, i got to say these names. <laughs> Uh, to use the preferred pronouns when addressing Adira, and it struck me as shoehorned in message. It's not because I'm against the use of pronouns. It just felt forced and obligatory. What's worse is the show takes place almost a thousand years in the future, which means the discussion and debate of gender pronouns will go on for a millennia. Not really a good message for its advocacy or the diverse world of Star Trek. It was weird for me when they uh, they uh, used the F-bomb. And I was like, huh, still do that, huh? Interesting. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not as educated in Stephen King's stories as you are. I'm lacking quite a bit. It seems that anyone with powers in his stories are met with a gruesome ending, so I think I'll be passing on the Shining powers. Uh, Does anyone use them to fly or run fast? Uh, I've often thought uh, if I... uh, There's the running man. If I could... Well, he does run a little fast. If I could have had anyone's superpowers from the comics, 
It would be Crystal Amliquin, Amaquilin. Oh my God. It, let's just say Crystal. Who uses her last name? And isn't it, did she not take uh, Maximoff's uh, last name when they got married? Did they not? Maybe they didn't. That's very uh, modern of them back in the day. Anyway, <laughs> uh, from the Inhumans. She can control the elements, so it's kind of like uh, getting four powers in one. You also get a huge dog friend who can teleport you anywhere. Mm. No shine for me. Bathe me in the Terrigen myths and make me an Inhuman. Okay, will do. Uh, here's a little trivia. On the Ms. Marvel TV show, uh, the uh, the lead actor, she was trying to get uh, Lockjaw on that show because he was, of course, in the Inhuman show. And in the comic, uh, she is friends with that dog. But so far, no dice. Uh, are you guys watching The Boys? Dave, are you? I've watched a half an hour of it. I'm uh, still, I've watched the last season. I have not watched the newest episode. It's such it's... a nice family show, something for everyone. <laughs> you know what? I was going to watch it the other night, and uh, and then it was all popping heads in the um, previously on, and it was all popping heads. Yeah. And it was like, there was no way in the room that I was in I could go, huh? Everyone into this? <laughs> so I was like, I'll watch this later. And we watched something else. It's such a nice family show, something mm. for everyone. I'm just taking in my double dose of weekly nerdgasms with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Strange New Worlds for now. Excited for where they'll both lead me. Hmm. Uh, I hope to see Darth just hanging around his digs on Mustafar, maybe going for an evening stroll among the lava pits, thinking how he can punish his former master. Dark side goals. Nice. (laughs) You know what I've been hooked on lately is um, I've been watching the second season of Lower Decks and uh, quite impressed by it. Also... Uh, having Pia next to me, she gets all the references. She'll she'll turn to me and go, "That was this. That's this. <laughs> they were this. That's a reference to this." Uh, like, Thank you. That seems like a little too inside baseball. For yeah, me. but the actual stories are fine. Okay. Like that's their own thing. Like you get the emotional stories, you get the jokes, hmm. but then like if you get the references, that's like an extra thing. Uh, Ian, how damn beautiful was Pike's place in Montana? I love that he was watching uh, the day the Earth stood still on his mega television in the background. It's so nice to see. Uh, TCM will still be around in the 23rd century. Klato Abalata Barata Nikto. Huh? Nikto? Nikto. Klato. You say it like uh, Bruce Campbell in Army Dark. I'm not going to say every little Klato syllable. I'm not saying every Klato little syllable. No. Nope. I didn't say every little syllable. No. I didn't say every syllable. The bag of jelly, uh, Dr. Pepper jelly beans, mm. uh, was about uh, 10 or 12 ounces, if I remember correctly. I don't know what that means. Anyone is welcome to try and eat that in an hour. Mm. All I can uh, send is a used Dr. Uh, Pepper Red Fusion sticker from 2002. Remember that abomination? Should have been called Dr. Pepper Abomination. Good night, <laughs> gentlemen. And all the sneakers at sea. Have a pleasant tomorrow. How about uh, Dr. Pepper Let There Be Carnage? <laughs> nice. I watched... Uh, I have, the reason I haven't seen The Boys is because I watched um, all of Stranger Things over... A course of three days. The first episode uh, put me off with the violence. I was like, I'm, I thought, I'm I thought they finally cracked, cracked. Oh, they the certainly show. did. What's that? <laughs> oh, the cracking of the bones and whatnot at the end. Uh, the they... first, the first episode has someone's bones being broken uh, pretty violently as they float up into the sky. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah I just realized watch like I realized what was so dissatisfying with the second and third season is that in both cases the Main characters are not at any in any peril for okay. most of those episodes. They're just kind of like doing their thing, and stuff. That, bad stuff is happening around them, but they're never in direct under direct threat. And so you're kind of like, well, it's bad, I guess, but 
like bad stuff has happened to a guy who was already like a jerk. So I'm really like having a hard time caring about what's yeah. happening to him. And whereas this fourth season, they've, they've kind of cracked the code and went, oh, yeah, the kids should be under in danger. If the characters we love are in danger, then we'll be caring. The people will care about the show. Yeah. Also, we won't go to Chicago <laughs> for, for one episode for possible spinoff. Yeah, it's um, it's it's it was much better. I really I really enjoyed it actually. Well, once I saw yeah, once I saw like the uh, cheerleader character floating, mm. I was like, oh, we're doing a nightmare thing. Okay, and then it was like we're really doing a nightmare thing. Yeah, and then it was like just a lot of really gruesome violence. Yeah, it was like gruesome, gruesome. That's, and I, I understand. That's I, what I liked about it. So. No, I get it. I get when we're in that part <laughs> yeah. of the horror thing where it's yeah. like this is the sh- this is the Jaws shark off the top eating yeah. the woman's. Yeah. We got to make it as gory as possible because that establishes the stakes. Now anyone's in danger yeah. and we're going to go there. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, but I don't know if I want this in my head right now. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fine. I mean, yeah. if you don't dig horror, then... It's not dig horror. It's just like I've yeah. been through all... Like I've basically, I've seen every Friday the 13th movie. Not okay. Friday the 13th, sorry. Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Okay. And so I was like, oh, you're just doing Nightmare yeah, on Elm yeah, Street. Yeah. Like you're doing it. Yeah. Like not... And now here's your twist on it. It's yeah. you're doing it. Sure. There's like, lots of, there's, there was a reference. I can't remember what it was now, but it was like the most obscure reference in the world. And I was like, oh, funny that they would put that in there just for the heck of it. Mm, okay. It seems funny to me. But yeah, it's just. I'm also I'm like, not the biggest. There was a little something that gave me a little twinge there, which was it felt like they were doing, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but with the cheerleader, they were doing a riff on uh, bulimia or, or what have you. Like she was. Uh, you know, she, uh, it was it was her uh, at the toilet while yeah. like there was a banging on the door and her mom saying they found one in your size. They found one in your size, and mm. then later like we're taking the back out in your dress. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the parents talking about her weight. Yeah, yeah. Her weight, her weight. She's mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Yeah, and it was that kind of like thing. And they had a little bit of that in uh, Drag Me to Hell as well. There mm-hmm. was like references to yeah, and and there's a little something there where like. What do you do with the cheerleader? Should she be a good person or should she be a bad person? Yeah. Uh, should we be okay with something bad happening to her? Uh, what's her sin? Yeah. And the sin can't be she has sex because we've got to be sex positive yeah, yeah. now. So what is it? I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, she's got an eating disorder. So that's that's a <sighs> negative in her. It's, like, I understand. That but it's not. Be, but Okay. Like, I get it. I don't want to give away too much. But the, okay. the, the thing that is that is taking, you know, the yeah. thing that is let's put it in yeah. quotation marks, eating these right. children, is is able to access them because of their feelings of guilt. Right. Not because they've sinned. Okay. You know, because there's another character who is also sure. uh, um, vulnerable to this, this creature because of loss. You know, not because, and through no fault of their own, mm-hmm. you know, they just have suffered a terrible loss and it's made them vulnerable to this to this creature. And so I don't think the... I don't think it's a condemnation of that. I think in a way it's a condemnation of condemning, of putting someone under such pressure that they would feel the need to do that. That's what, that's and what it creates, and it creates this, this vulnerability, you know, and then this, and this creature is able to worm its way into their, their into their minds and take advantage of. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough one them. with like, you know, do you go with the monster mm-hmm. going after people that have it coming? Yeah. Or do you have them going after innocence? Yeah. And then, and yeah. And that's it. It's going after innocence. And you'll in, in, during the course of the season, you see the origin of this creature, how it exploits someone else's innocence to, to horrible ends. Yeah. And then they're, 
how they became what they are and stuff. It's, I really, you know, it's it's silly, of course. It's it's all make them ups. It's supernatural yeah. nonsense, and it's never could happen in a million years. Obviously, you know, it's just telling us a story that's you know thrilling or whatever, yeah. kind of playing on riffs, eighties riffs of, of sure. you know slasher movies and and Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously for this film. Yeah, and uh, but uh, I thought, you know. I, at first, I was. They divide the stories up as well. They split the kids up into different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was kind of like, "Oh, this is dumb," because you know you need the kids together. But actually, it kind of works. I kind of like the fact that everyone's in different parts, all kind of at risk in different ways. And you're like, "Oh, this is great." You know? All right, I'll give it. A, I'll give it another try. Um, Billy writes. Hello, hello. Hi, Billy. We remember you from earlier. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I I never noped out of a movie based on subject matter. The closest I've ever come. Is that scene and Lars von Trier's Antichrist? Ugh. I don't know if I could watch it again. Great and terrifying movie, though. I would take yeah. the shining power. However, I've always wished for the power to stop time. Someone's robbing you. Stop time. Tie them up. Start time again. <laughs> Robert be Robert be like what? Yeah. Uh, forgot that report due uh, at work in ten minutes. Stop time. Write that report. Start time again. Uh, take care, all. Cheers. Um, that's a good. That's a good superpower. Edward uh, writes uh, in response, the time powers are very cool. Remember the character Hero on the NBC series Heroes back in the mid to late uh, 2000s? Do I? Yep. You're a real hero head. His powers are (laughs) defined uh, by their wiki page as space-time manipulation. Not a bad idea for a superpower. That reminds me of when they had uh, a Twilight Zone episode that I think was like a more modern one. And uh, someone had power to stop time. Mm. But then they looked up in the sky and saw a missile. Was coming to Earth. That's that's an old one. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, oh, there's nothing you can do. It's like, yeah, there is. Just wait till it gets close. Get a ladder. (laughs) Go up there. Take that fucker apart. Yeah, you can. You just gotta like be real careful on it. And uh, and by the way, speaking of Star Trek, uh, I think um, Jonathan Frakes directed a movie called Clock Stoppers. Okay, that was was the whole idea behind that one as well. Uh Oh, yeah. Uh, Peter uh, Ayers uh, writes, "Good evening." (laughs) <laughs> Good next week, you guys, depending on which side of the recording cutoff this note lands. Uh, on things that take me out of a movie. Uh, two of the first films I saw as a kid spring to mind. The first is that weird line earlier on in Ghostbusters where Peter Bankman asks if the librarian is menstruating. <laughs> I suppose this is meant to be funny as it's jokes shaped, but it yeah. ain't. Yeah. And neither does it serve any purpose since we already know that Venkman is a creep. The uh, other obvious one is that damn Jeep in Back to the Future, uh, a venal uh, bauble which undercuts the damn Jeep, uh, which undercuts the true goal of the film of restoring Marty's family. The damn Jeep in Back to the Future. I don't know. I saw the movie in the theater, and that's the last time I saw damn it. Damn Jeep in Back to the Future. Huh. Here's the one thing about Back to the Future, and I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show. I probably have, but I'm going to say it again. Man, Doc Brown came very close to giving the Libyans a time machine, <laughs> right? Everyone's like, oh, no, Marty almost didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaddafi almost got a time machine. Because they would have, you think they would have left that car, that fancy car? They would have gotten the car. They would have driven it. Yeah. They would have gone, how fast can we drive this car? They would have gone to 88. Boom, time travel. Yeah. And either they would have been stuck in the past or they would have uh, figured it out, yeah. taken it back to Gaddafi, and now Gaddafi uh, takes over the world. <laughs> anyway, uh, not quite in the same area, but the pet peeve of mine that takes me out of movies is how characters with glasses deal with them. Movie glasses are either a fashion accessory that gets ditched as soon as the action picks up, 
X-Files, are so indispensable that the wearer is literally blind without them, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> a few films make uh, good use of glasses, particularly Stuart Gordon's Dragon, in which the protagonist's uh, specs are constantly getting fogged up and flecked with rain, hampering his progress. Hmm. Uh, here's my favorite thing with glasses is the uh the mummy the the, the uh, remake with Brandon Fraser yeah uh Brandon Fraser uh the first one uh the mummy like comes back to life and starts taking uh killing people and taking their uh body parts or whatever and then the last thing he takes uh is uh, the eyes of the one guy with glasses <laughs> the one nearsighted guy yeah. and then he does not wear glasses as the mummy cuz he'd look like a nerd yeah. so you're just like well the mummy can't see yeah the guy is really nearsighted you've established that and then you took his eyes yeah you dope <laughs> so no wonder you're screwing up and throwing yeah. things around and missing people can't sure. see um it's good talk- it's good that has a built-in reason for that sort of ineptitude yeah. for the character talk of uh, which would be funny then if you have the mummy like looking all super cool but he's got those nerdy glasses because <laughs> he's got to wear them later and everyone's like what's with the glasses shut up i'm the mummy it also be funny then if like you had the universal uh monsters and like Dracula's side-eyeing them because of the glasses. Um, talk of Lovecraftian horror reminds me of a recent show that blew it for me. Archive 81 on Netflix. This is one of those stories in which the protagonist fails uh, to pick up on an obvious weirdness. Uh, then once bad stuff starts happening, hangs around way too long than is reasonable. While the baddies uh, hold off their attack in order to string out the plot over more <laughs> episodes than the drama can sustain. Ugh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I've almost wanted to. No do, wonder it didn't get renewed. I've also wanted to do like one of two things in like a sketch, and I may still do it. So don't steal it from me. But <laughs> have uh, one of those situations where like there's a bunch of ninjas that are about to fight James Bond. Yeah. And then one of them kills him. And then they're all like, oh, <laughs> what, do, what do, do we do now? <laughs> yeah. And or yeah. uh, one of those scenes where like uh, Godzilla is attacking the city. Yeah. And there's all these soldiers that are down below and they're shooting with their guns. Yeah. And one gets him like right in the eye and yeah. kills him. Yeah. Like, oh. Hey, you killed him. Yeah, that was the idea, right? Yeah, I just didn't think you would. Then why are we out here? Why am I shooting a gun at this thing if you don't think it's going to work? Oh, we just... This I don't is, know. This is a last-ditch effort. You we thought think this, this was going to work? This like, yeah. yeah, it's like we're going to sacrifice the entire army. Yeah, just shot... like try shoot, to save the city. Shoots a bullet right in his nose hole and it goes into his brain <laughs> and like kills him. I'm like, oh, I feel kind of bad. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I felt like he was kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. He stepped on 12 of us. I know, but... <laughs> he, just, he fell over and killed a thousand people. Yeah, I mean, that's bad. I mean, what was the plan here? Who's the general? Anyway. Do we have emails... We do, but before we do, I just want to make a little pit stop. Please do. On our way to the emails. Do you mean you have to use the bathroom? Uh, no. Okay. I said pit stop. And we got, we got some messages. We got some messages on Facebook. Oh, nice. I'll read them to you. You ready for these? I would like to hear. This is from Sarah Walsh. Oh, that's nice. She says, happy birthday, Ian. Oh, come on now. Then Ed Dragansky wrote. Oh, what's going on? He said, happy birthday, Ian. Oh. Long may you reign. Oh, that's, I'm not reigning at all. What, I don't know what that means. Oh, I think of you as a dragon. It's reign of fire. Oh, I understand. That. And then Thank you. Chris Roberts wrote. Oh, what's going on? And Chris said, may the road rise to meet you, Ian. Oh. Only not so quickly next time. Oh, I see. Because of the uh, concussion. <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty and good. He, he gave the peace sign and a, and a heart. Oh. And then a certain Lisa Williamson, oh, wait a second. who I know personally, All right. wrote and she said, happy birthday. Yay! Very nice. Thank you, everyone who wrote to say happy birthday to our favorite co-host. Yeah, anyone that wrote me on Facebook, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. And let me just make a little detour to our email. This is from 
our friend John Helbrooks. Yay! Subject, this week's questions. John says, hello, gentlemen. Hello. I concur. Oh, he's a doctor. I concur that the suffering of animals is likely to make me quit on a movie. Yep. This may seem an ethically problematic position since many, many good movies, including the suffering, uh, sorry, many, many good movies include the suffering of people. I suppose that I can sort of justify it thus. We know that the humans are actors and that the suffering is artifice. Despite the disclaimers at the end of movies, no animals were harmed, etc., I think that I instinctively sympathize with a creature that doesn't understand that this is a movie, and while it may not actually be suffering, we know that it is not acting. I know, I know, trained animals can act, but they don't do so with the aesthetic cinematic goal in mind. I'm not sure whether or not that makes sense. It's just a way to explain what I can't help but feel when I watch a film. Would I want The Shining? Absolutely not. I covet only mild superpowers, the ability, for example to make really good tacos, or to identify various birds without consulting a book. Oh, my daughter Mary would love that as well. <laughs> Speaking of which, I attach a picture of a barred owl who visited my back porch recently. That's exciting. I hope that everyone has a good week. By the way, you should be aware of a final barrage of questions for episode 550 oh, no. that I will be sending your way. Oh, no. Love it. Let me take a look at this owl. Oh, boy. Cutie. You got an owl? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's oh, wait cool. a second. That bus vanished into the, oh my goodness, into the woods. It's all gone. <laughs> that owl is not what it seemed. <laughs> so. Was that all the emails? That was all the emails. Well, then all that's left is you to tell the nice people like uh, how to do the final barrage of uh, questions yes. for next time. As everyone may be aware, the next episode is episode 550, which is an achievement in its own. Oh my gosh. You know, we when we started the show, it was only the first episode. Yeah. It's weird that now it's 500. We numbered it like an invoice. It's weird that 550 shows later. I don't want to number We'll be at episode 550. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was, <laughs> you're, just, you're so against numbering them. You're like, Dave, let's give them a letter. And I was like, I don't know. That's, People will know. We'll, we'll we're only going to do 26 that episodes. Dave talks about chocolate bars. We'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> Which one? Is that episode ZZZ? You know what we're talking about. <laughs> all makes sense. So, yes, to celebrate, we like to put the onus on you. We want you to write us questions and ask us questions because this is the one time every hundred shows you get a chance to make us talk. Now, let's remember, uh, one of us tells the truth and one of us lies. That's right. You have to guess. You have to find out the answer from us somehow. Yeah. And so, One send... of us is a tiger. One of us is a beautiful lady. <laughs> we leave you to guess which one. Uh... <laughs> Oops. It's great. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so right in. To the show at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That is our email address and probably the best way to get us your questions. Write us. Want to know what we think about a movie you love? Write us. Want to know what we think about some music that you love? Write us. Want us to talk about deep philosophical concepts? Weird call. Weird call to do. Write to us. You can. Even if it's a weird call, says Ian. Still, we do sometimes venture down that road. So. Yeah, we're deep blokes. We're deep thinkers. Duh. <laughs> so, yes. So, we're not going to have a question of the week this week, everyone. Next week will be your multitudes of questions and of the week. And one of you will be good a big fat prize. And if you'd like the prize, which is a Sneaky Dragon t-shirt, uh, a uh, Sparks, yeah, the new book. some sort of Sparks book. Yeah. A autograph Sparks yeah, book. By the way, yeah, we've got a new Sparks book out. Sparks uh, Future Perfect. Buy yeah. it. If you want to buy it. Uh, 
buy it or you can win it if you're lucky. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> and uh, other little bit, little bits and pieces, a uh, coffee mug, the Sinky Dragon coffee mug, just things like that. It's, you know, just a lot of items. But it's fun to get in the mail mm-hmm. as Jonathan Pampton and Laurel Robertson will, our former winners, will uh, tell you. So, guys, this is the final chance. This is the last week. It's the final get chance. Get off your butts. Get off your butts or get on your butts. Sit down in front of your computer or your phone and write us your com. I mean, your questions. We'd love to get them and love to answer them. So, everyone, just so you know, if you want to respond to this week's show, of course you can. It's always available on our website, which is sneakydragon.com. You can go there. You'll find this episode with plenty of room underneath it for you to comment on what we've talked about during this show. Uh, pity the poor goat would be the first comment you can say. And I hope we didn't uh, lose uh, John Helbrooks during this episode. Goats, I'm saying. Anyhow. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with our episode 550. We're totally looking forward to it. Please make it great. Write in your questions and possibly win a prize, but certainly get a cute little sticker. We will see you then, everyone. I'm so looking forward to it. Goodbye. Thank you.